make 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 a make a clap to this to show our appreciation for your support make 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 a make a clap to this thank you DJs make a clap to this make make a clap make a clap to this make a make a clap to this make 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 a make a clap to this Welcome back, everybody, to Jeff versus the World Presents Hood Classics. And like always, I got my man Shahid here. What's going on, good sir? One day, me, you're gonna have to have a talk about music selection. <laughs> that did not. That that be, be it's old school, but still, it's still knock though. Like I said, one day we're gonna have a discussion. Okay, just because, just because it knocks doesn't mean <laughs> you know what. <laughs> no, no, you know this is what we gonna do. This is what we gonna do, and I'm saying it live on air. What you gonna do is you gonna just send me like just send me like five or six intro songs or music that you want me to play, so that I'll have it in the tuck, so you won't feel like oh he just playing his hipster music. You're gonna do that anyway, and I, I mean, Rakim ain't necessarily hipster music. Rakim is what smart people used to listen to to prove they were smart before Nas was out. Shh, that's a secret. Um, don't too many people know that. Don't too many people want to admit that. Shh. Like nah, I don't listen to Big Daddy Kane. Yeah, I listen to Rakim. And I listen to I listen to Rakim. I'm like, yeah, him is. I basically left off saying this type of crime movie where it's kind of like it's a crown nor with action. It's hard to do correctly, which is why most people don't really do it. They either do, they don't add the action to it because it's kind of like if you aren't good at action, try to do action, looks sloppy. If you're good at action, you're not good at drama, the drama looks sloppy. And the example I always use is kind of atomic blind. Like the action is top notch. Mm-hmm. Stories all convoluted and messy, and like what's <laughs> going on and why they're doing it. And you realize, like, you know, people that are good at one thing. That's because you're good at one thing when you're good at everything. And it's not an insult to the director, but it's kind of like sometimes you got to kind of know your wheelhouse of what you're doing, what you, can't, what you can't do. Michael Mann is one of the few. And I use another. Christopher Nolan, great director. His fight scenes suck. I'm going to be honest. And all, and all his, like, his whole thing is like he is great at concept he's great at putting together a story you you know breaking down convoluted science to make it you know so the common masses understand you kind of get an idea understanding stuff that you normally wouldn't understand but if you watch a lot of like like he has very big set pieces but if you watch like straight action mm-hmm. that he does that shit is trash I didn't notice that until I heard you say that and it was, I think it was one of the Batman movies I was watching. It was a fight scene. I was just, I was just looking at it. And I was just like, oh, now I kind of get what he's saying. 
And I feel like it got better. I feel like the fight scenes yeah. got better as they as the movies went on, though. Because Dark Knight... Uh, that, that's because Dark Knight Rises was slow. You actually saw them fighting. Yeah. That's why. But even then, I always complain about, you know, bloodless violence. People get machine gun. You see no bullet holes, no blood. They just laid out. How you getting shot by the bat tank and it's not a mark on you? It's like, oh, just gun them down. They just laid out. Like, that's... Like, you see people get shot, and you only see, like, a muzzle flash. You just, like, you hear... Psh, psh, no, no blood, no holes, no nothing. And I know it's kind of like you know, you know the whole PG thirteen thing. That's a whole different story. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like it doesn't leave you. The violence doesn't leave an impact. It's like oh, it's like playing a video game. Michael Mann stuff. When he does it, he does it. You can see it. You can feel it. You can hear it. And I always compare this and Heat because it's kind of like similar movies, but a lot different. Like Heat. Is explaining all this things going on, it's going over a period like probably like a week, breaking down, you know, one last job and breaking down like the whole interactions between these people, why they do what they do, their families, anything like this. Collateral drops in the day. It's like shit's been happening for months. And you get these people for one day and you learn bits and pieces here and there, but you don't really know that much. Yeah, you learn enough to for the store for that story. Learn enough, and that's all you learn. And I did it differently for this movie. Like I watched it last week, and then I watched it again like Sunday, and then I watched it yesterday with the director commentary. And I had never did that before. And when it comes to preparation, Michael Mann's a maniac. Like he leaves no stone unturned. You talking about how you know? I had a background for Tom Cruise character. This is how he would have been at 12. He likes jazz because his abusive father, you know, liked jazz and told people about how much he liked jazz. So he got that from him. He probably lived overseas in Asia. Like he got his suit from Kowloon, not London. Uh, Like all this stuff. And I'm looking at it. I was like, you know what? You wouldn't have to know any of this. But if you know it, stuff makes sense. And like how he break down Jamie Foxx, like, you know, he grew up middle class, so he probably never been around violence and a gun. That's why he always move in a certain way and yada, yada, yada. Like he breaks down why he does what he does. Like it's nothing that's, that's done by accident. It's nothing that's just kind of like thrown there. But it's not a thing where he hits you over the head like, look how smart I am. It's kind of like if he don't tell you, if you don't listen, you see it, you may get it. You may not get it, but it doesn't really affect you enjoying the movie. Now, it's not like a, it's not like a Quentin Tarantino thing. Like, ha ha, I'm so smart. I know this film from 1965 nonsense. Hey, you know what? That's why I didn't enjoy the movie, the initial watching, because I was in my look at me. I'm I, I watch Quentin Tarantino movies. <laughs> I was in that phase, so it was just like oh, this movie's slow. <sighs> When's something gonna happen? And then you know it happened, and then it's over with. And then it got more. So I wasn't really enjoying the film those type of films at that time but you know such is life now, now I can't it's, it's it's a different if you see the previews you think of one thing and if you watch the movie it's kind of not that like it's like a slow burn thing where you kind of know something's off from the beginning but you really don't know till like 20-25 minutes in and then once you know you know and then you just keep wondering, like, where it ends and where it goes. And I think the thing that threw people off is kind of like, Tom Cruise is normally a hero. Yeah. You know, he's like, 
you know, cocky, confident. He just want to grab by the world through manifest destiny, make things done. Oh, and boy. I always say the best heels are like villains who think they're the heroes. Oh, and boy. You he, yeah, listen. Hero. All you got to do is tweak your hero a little bit. And it's like it's enough stuff in Tom Cruise and how he operates in his life and how methodical and determined and passionate he is. He could be a real easy villain. Like this one is kind of like, this is my favorite Tom Cruise role. I'm not saying this is his best one, but it's my favorite one. Cause he's, he's a, he's a sociopath asshole with a sense of humor. Yeah. And, and I want to say it was slightly with a, with a heart. He slightly has a heart because he sees Jamie Foxx kind of getting like fucked over by his boss. And he's like, no, nah, man, don't, you know, don't take that shit. And, you know, he kind of trying to get him to stand yeah, up for not, himself. Yeah, he's not a robot. He's not like autistic. Like I have, he's not like a Terminator. I have no emotions. I had no feeling. But at first you kind of like wanted because he cracked some jokes. Like the whole thing is like, oh, I ain't kill him. Bullets <laughs> in the fall killed him. Nah, I I didn't push him out the window. He he fell. You want to like, there's something wrong with him. And then you realize he's just messing with people. And oh, that's the yeah. whole thing. Like he just he just like poking at people and like learning because this whole thing is like you know learning about his environment, learning how people operate and stuff like that, and using it to his advantage. And he drops hints here and there about why he does the things he does. And he basically kind of like breaks down Jamie Foxx's character. Because, yeah, we talk about Tom Cruise. Jamie Foxx is awesome in this, too. Got nominated for Supporting Actor. And his, for Oscar for Supporting Actor. And his job's a lot harder. Because it's kind of like, you know, I gotta play a coward that learns how not to be a coward. Yeah. And But I gotta play in a role where you don't hate me. Because it's kind of like, you never get to the point where you mad at Jamie Foxx. I'm trying to think. I felt like I got irked <laughs> at one moment. Oh, I did. And I shouldn't have got hurt because I was I had to think like him when he went to the hospital, the hospital scene, and when he just tried to take the bag and just run. I was like, but he could just kill your mother, right? You know, like, like why would you do that? Yeah, but like he said before, why don't you just go ahead and kill me? Like he said a lot. It's the only time they say the name of the movie, and I, I missed it. Plenty of times, I only called it when they get the subtitle. Like, you know, after he kills the third person, he's like, you know, I'll just kill me, just find somebody else. I'm collateral. Oh, and shit. It's kind of yeah. like get to the point where it's like, you know what? I'm, what you doing? You know, like this whole thing. Like, it's funny. Jamie Foxx represents a lot of people. I have a dream. I want it to be perfect. I'm not going to do it to it's perfect. So in the meantime, the job I'm doing, I'm going to do it to the maximum version. And it's kind of feel like you're being, you're stuck in a cage that you built that you don't even see. Yeah. Like what the um, Vincent say? All you do is put a down payment on a Lincoln Town car. 12 years is not temporary. Like why are you still driving a cab? Right. But it was, it was, it was, why? It was, why, why are you lying to yourself? Why is your mama like other people like that? It's interesting because he told Jada Pinkett his dream, and that was just because he was just laying the mat game down. Salute. But he wouldn't tell Vincent. And I don't know if he felt like Vincent would read the bullshit or what. He's like, oh, you know, no, no. I don't want to talk about it. 
So I'm just like, huh, that's interesting. Why wouldn't he? Because he seemed like a dude that would like to talk, to have conversation. But I guess it was just Jada Pickett he saw. It, it like, was pride of, it was, and pride of vibe. Because eventually he opens up to him. was like, this is what I want to do. And everything like that. And he figured like, you know, Jada Pinkett. I oh, appreciate that man trying to, you know, you know, Michael Mann loved that whole, oh, this man trying to work hard. <laughs> so I'm looking at this overqualified woman to like him. Stop. Like this. Stop. Because no. we caught that when he. No, 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 no. Stop that. Now. No, no. Stop. Chill. Yeah, because I, I thought about that. I thought about that while I watched it. I actually watched it this fucking morning. I'm what, just lonely. What happened was. was I'm, not, I'm not saying it's impossible because. No, no, no. All I'm saying Go is on. he 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 was in his groove. He was talking to her. And everything was just clicking. I don't think that ever happened to him before because when she left, you could tell he was like, damn, I ain't asked for the number. But she came back and gave it to him anyway. He was just in the groove. That's all. Yeah, I, I'm not saying it's impossible because there's no such thing as out kicking your coverage. If you got a chance, you got a chance. I just laughed the whole thing. It's like she's this high-powered attorney in this big federal case. He a cab driver. That just happens like Jamie Foxx, and he got enough smooth game and caught her at a vulnerable time where he's like, Oh, I just want to talk. You're my number. Her bag probably costs more than everything he got in his account. God damn, come on, man. We know that. As he, had he, to say as that. he mentioned about how expensive her bag is. I mean, and it's kind of like I get the whole thing of vibe thing. I just laugh when I see that's what happened when men direct movies. <laughs> It's kind of like if you got charisma, if you got charisma, if you pop and you make them laugh, you got a chance. And it's like, yeah, it's true to that in real life, but a lot of times it ain't nah, it ain't like that. But anyway, it's be easy if it was a different person playing this character, it'd be easy. Rubik's Jamie Foxx so was like, you know, why don't you man up? Stop being a chump. And Tom Cruise is so likable, you kind of root for Tom Cruise, even though you shouldn't be. Like you should not be rooting for him at all, but it's kind of like you're just wondering how things go. Um, so what? quick two other things before we dive into it. As usual, it's a deep ass cast. Yeah, but different, different than he. He was kind of like a lot of big names that you knew. This was like a lot of people where if you watch movies, you knew who they were. But if you did, it's like, oh, I might have saw that guy. Like Mark Ruffalo wasn't like you know he won the Hulk yet. He was kind of like, oh, I've seen him in some stuff. So, you know, like he looks familiar. Peter Berg, if you saw the great white hype. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I forgot about yeah. it. This is kind of like around this time, it's like I'm I'm doing more directing because it's kind of like he probably he did like the rundown either right before it is or right after this with the Rock and Sean William Scott. You know, you see Barry, Barry Chicago Henley, like if you saw Ali or if you saw Miami Vice, like my wife didn't know who it was, but she knew the face. Like, oh, I seen him some stuff. She first she's like, Is that Forrest Whitaker? I'm like, oh my God. Don't, <laughs> don't be like that. Think we all look that's not Forrest. That's not Forrest Whitaker. You gotta tell so, the dog he ain't got the eye. Like thing like that. And yes, you know, Javier Bardem is barely in the movie. He makes his presence when he's in there. And it's kind of like one of the first times, like, you know, mainstream American, you know, fans saw that. And the biggest one, beside Irma P. Hall, is kind of like, it's weird seeing her in a non-black movie. You know, I saw her yeah. in the hospital, I'm like, oh, big mama, your arm again. Yeah. But 
beyond that, the biggest one is Jada Pinkett Smith because I realized that the problem with Jada Pinkett Smith is not her. It's directors. People do not know how to use her. And it, all you got to do is just watch Collateral and see how she's used correctly in this to realize that most people have no idea what to do with her. I think I heard you say that before on something we were talking about with her. She came up before and you said that. Now I find yeah, that really interesting. we were talking about Slow Down Dirty Shame. I talked Yeah, there it was. That's because it's she's beautiful, but she's never used as a bombshell. She's like super intelligent, but she's not she's not cookie cutter. Like, you know, it's, it's just kind of like a, she has a different type of energy. And if she was a white actress, she'd probably be used a lot better because then it'd be like, oh, she's like Rooney Mara or something like that. They're not used to black actresses that looks like Jada Pinkett, but acts like that. Because normally black actresses that kind of like act that certain way tend to look like, you know, Zoe Kravitz or Tessa Thompson, where it's like, oh, they're layered because they're light skinned. Mm. <laughs> or, they're, or they're layered for their, because they're from, they're from France. But some nonsense that we always, you know, we like, oh, they're foreign or they got curly hair. So we can just kind of like give them layers they haven't earned and stuff like that, that type of nonsense. And this was like, you know, the pinky head, Tupac open as hell. And, you know, she's not this old, like, she, you know, she got hood in her. Yeah. You know, she never presents herself as hood. She just presents herself as, like, you know, I'm this strong black woman that get to live the, you know, the way I want to, but I can show vulnerability. Because the, the secret to this movie is you see characters and you don't know how important they are. Like, this is the type of movie where you see Jada Pink in the beginning, and then you'll see her again for like an hour and a half. Yeah, damn near to the end of the movie. She's in the beginning It's a end. Michael Mann movie, so you'll know. Like, it's a Michael Mann movie, so you'll know. She, is this a cameo? Is she just in and out? But then they start dropping hints. It's like, she's going to be important because they keep asking about her. You don't call that girl? Don't ask that girl out? You should. And you keep wondering, it's like, they wouldn't cash you to pink it and keep bringing it up, but she wasn't important. And then by the time you get to the end, you realize, oh. And one last thing before we get into the movie. Is there a situation where Vincent is successful and Max doesn't die? Say that again now. Is there any type of scenario? Because he brings mm-hmm. it up. Talking about, you know, I was going to make my rounds. You'd be none the wiser, but it is what it is. Shit happened. We got to go plan B. Is there a situation where if nothing goes wrong, mm-hmm. that Vince is able to knock off his five targets and Max lives? No. I don't think so. I don't. I don't. See, it's hard to. I don't know. That's a hard question because Mark Ruffalo's character said, you know, you heard about the, what happened in Oakland where the guy got drove around to the three hits and then he killed the cab driver. What well, they say he committed suicide, but somebody is supposedly somebody was. I'm wondering, was that Vincent in Oakland? That's what the movie makes you think. Was that Vincent or was that just somebody else? Was it, was it uh, our boy uh, <laughs> uh, from the beginning of the movie? Yeah, I can't think of his name now. Jason Straight, Jason Straight, Jason, Jason Statham. Yeah, was it him? though? it wasn't Oakland that did that. I mean, it kind of drops that. Yeah, or it drops a hint saying kind of like you know this could this has been done 
And also they showed a hint like <laughs> I forgot to bring it up. The cops are useless in this movie. I uh, yeah, they, this they is not heat where it's yeah. like the it's a cop like the cops, what did they do besides tell you background story? Cause Mark Ruffalo's the only one that kind of put two and two together, ended up not making a difference with him. Like in a different movie, he's the one that saves the day. This movie don't matter. It don't mean a damn thing. The feds don't do nothing but get shot. If this was the eighties, you're right. I'm like, they don't like they don't do anything. They all, you know, we got all this information. We all professionals. We doing all of this and this. It's like all your witnesses getting knocked off, and the day before this big ass case, it's like, oh, you trying to tell me three of our witnesses dead? Oh shit, you better wake up. They were always <laughs> like, y'all late. They always they always were like three steps behind. But then try to act like they knew everything. Oh, this is how they do they operate. Like that cab driver probably dead. They they can impersonate cab drivers. They do trigger times, blah, blah, blah. We're going to save our witness duh, 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 and go in the club, get shot. They don't arrest nobody. They don't do anything but drag their shot asses out the club. <laughs> well, I mean, before we even get into the movie, one, one, one thing for me, and you can help me out with this. This movie was successful as far as financially it made money back it made his money back mm-hmm. um yes but people don't talk yes. about this movie like it's a i know i know it's a good movie i know it's critics like the movie and i know people like the movie but it's like one of those movies nobody really like talks about mm-hmm. and i just was just wondering i was like why nobody talk a about lot that? of people have said that. it's like heat i don't know a lot of, i think it's because it's no he's different he is one of those things where it's kind of like Movie fans talk about it, but it's not like a common thing. Cause like it's a three hour movie that didn't make it made money, but it wasn't like this whole blockbuster thing. It's like that's I can see why he and then he was like polarizing where it's like it's too long. Why we give a damn about Natalie Portman and all that stuff? And then it's kind of like you take a step back. You know how you eat like you cook food, and sometimes it tastes better the, the second or third day than the first day. Yeah, yeah. you gotta let the you know. It marinates some more and settle in. That's how heat was. Collateral is different where I remember it getting buzzed when it came out. I remember when I went to the movie theater to see it, it was like a, you know, packed pack theater. I remember making money. I remember like Jamie Foxx getting nominated. And then just vanished. And then you hear, like you go online, it's kind of like, you know, Collateral, the Tom Cruise movie no one talks about anymore. That's how the whole vibe is. It's kind of like it's this great movie that people just forgot. And I couldn't tell. I think it's because it's it's not a blockbuster. It's it's not Tom Cruise's biggest movie. It's not his best movie. If you name Tom Cruise's movies, you go, you probably do like I'm gonna do old stuff, Top Gun, um, stuff like you know, Risky Business, then Mission Impossible, like Jerry Maguire, and then Mission Impossible. And then you throw in like Magnolia, or if you throw in the eyes wide shut for the weird shit. And really, Edge of Tomorrow is the same thing. This great movie that nobody saw. And then once they saw it, they saw how awesome it was. And it's kind of like, if you know, you know. Yeah. And Collateral's in the whole same thing. If you know, you know. But a lot of times people are like, I had seen this. Like, I remember, I remember seeing this in movie theater, but I can't, like, Sometimes you run to people like, oh yeah, I like collateral. Most time you go online, you don't hear nobody talking about this movie. Yeah, you really don't. Oh, breaking news or semi-breaking news. Uh 
if you didn't notice, um, DC Universe, yeah, people got laid off yesterday. And it seems now that AT&T and WB are shutting it down. So if you got a subscription, I guess you can just cancel it. <laughs> I don't know if, I don't know if they're going to ride it out and let the uh, last season of whatever's playing on there play out or what. I don't know how that's going to happen. But, yeah, it's pretty much it's over with. I think, I think the last season, I think um, – Doom Patrol already finished up. And once look, once HBO Max became a thing, HBO Plus, whatever it's called, right was on the wall. And there's too many times where like synergy's not on the same page. Because mm-hmm. once it came out, it was kind of like, why you need both unless you care about the comics that much? And what made it confusing is some would be on one, some would be on both, some would be on neither. Like, you know, oh, I can watch Batman Returns on HBO Max now. Oh, you can do it for a week and then we're gonna take it off. How you don't got your own stuff? Well, it, how you don't how you don't have your own stuff or your own network? I, like, imagine you watching Disney Plus and it's like, oh, we taking off Empire Strikes Back <laughs> after August seventeenth. <laughs> after they bought Fox, one of the reasons specifically they had that, like, oh no, we can't run that back no more. We'll, we'll see you in two years. Like, what? What did they do? They uh, what did HBO Max have on it? They had like their Batman movies. For like one, what two weeks? And it was like, oh, this is about to leave. I'm like, what? <laughs> but as far as WB, as oh, far as Harry Potter movies available one day, yeah. As far as uh, and then they'd be available by Monday and gone by Saturday. DC Universe was just, I don't know. I, it was just the idea, and it seemed like it was just a jump off for all these other TV shows to land on CW and hbo network and well hbo uh max and all that other shit but whatever back to collateral let's uh do I, that. I, I think the idea was it was supposed to be kind of like netflix and everything like that before you know dc the nerds and for like warner brothers and stuff like that and then what happened was one i think hbo hbo max happened yeah if hbo max doesn't exist there's no, like, DC Universe will be there, but it's kind of like, you know, you got these adult shows. It's like, we want to have shows that's too adult for CW. It's basically about the type of shows that we had. And because Stargirl was supposed to be like that, then they got changed. Like, oh, we're going to put on CW, so we got to make certain adjustments or anything like that. <laughs> but once HBO Max came in, right, it was a walk. The only two stream services that seemed to do the same thing, more I, or less. I didn't, I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, Stargirl is going to be an exclusive it's not exclusive now. It just you just watch it what a day early, and I'm just like, yeah, this shit ain't gonna last. It is not gonna last. The show all it shows is you know if you don't got your shit in order, everything gets messy, and that's why the people involved in this movie had their things in order to avoid being messy. And right. when things start getting messy, they start messing up. Yeah, so let's give everybody a synopsis in the movie. Okay, Max DeRocher, a man stuck in his own prison, a dead-end job, putting, you know, putting aside his dream, is shaked out of his inertia one day by picking up a seemingly innocuous businessman in town for one night, unbeknownst to him, is a hitman hired by a cartel to kill key witnesses in a drug trafficking case. So what you're telling me is he uh, picked up Deathstroke. Gotcha. Let's go. <laughs> Deathstroke I mean, they got the same, the same damn color here so oh, this is the eye patch oh, oh, I don't think Deathstroke would need a cab oh no 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 yeah 
And the movie sets off because it's kind of like it starts that LAX. You see Tom Cruise and the way you had seen him. He got, you know, battered hands, scars on his face, gray hair, gray suit. And I'm like, how old is he supposed to be? Probably in his 40s. That man aging like cable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the whole thing. I'm guessing like late, I'm guessing late 30s, early 40s, because it's kind of like I think his face, like he looks, he looks worn. Well, I think that was supposed to be the idea of him being tired. Like this, this is his life. That's what he does. So he's always moving. And Michael Mann says, Michael Mann said all things like, yeah, I've had this way. He's like, you know, he's been living a hard life. But he's still fit and everything like that. He's, you know, and like the grace, you see a man, you know, gray suit, white shirt. It's like, oh, businessman, white guy, businessman, blends in. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point. You just see him walking slow. And you see Jason Statham, you know, it's like, who's not in the credits. So you didn't know. It's like, oh, he's walking fast. You see Tom Cruise walking slow. They bump into each other. Oh, what's going on? Oh, no problem, mate. You okay? <laughs> Enjoy LA. And, it's not an accident that Jason Statham is using this whole thing because they not, they bump up against each other, drop identical looking briefcases, and pick up the other person's briefcase, mm-hmm. and then the music is like, "Oh, in town to do business." And the fact that he was Jason Statham around the time Transporter movies was still coming out, kind of like it's that Frank Martin and that his thing from Transporter. And they always say, "If you want to think that, I ain't gonna tell you no." <laughs> like I ain't saying it is. But I ain't saying it's not. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of you know it's kind of like you cash Jason Statham in a situation like that and involved in like some crime shenanigans around the two thousands. Like all he's missing is glasses and a tie. Yeah, like it's kind of like you want people to think that. Yeah, I mean, hey, I, let's go with it. <laughs> go with it if that's what you want to do. I remember watching the movie theater. I remember people just like murmuring to themselves, just wondering, like, is that the transporter? Is this is this a cross is this a crossover like universe type thing? Or just kind of like, you know, they want you to think that. So anyway, that happens. And then it's like, okay. So this man's on business and he ain't on like the best of business. Cause normally you don't have to switch your briefcase unless you try, you know, put that work in. And then you see Jamie Foxx, Max DeRocher. You're wondering, like, what's going on? You see all these people arguing. You see all these cars. Realize he's a cab driver, a meticulous cab driver, cleaning his cab, making mm-hmm. sure the lights work, the signals work. He's got his picture there set out. And when the door closed and it blocks all the music, you just see his face light. <sighs> Another day. Ooh, I remember them days. <laughs> I remember them type of days. I'm sure we all can. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes where even... If you have a good life, you feel that day because it's just kind of like, <sighs> you know, this movie hits me weird because I'm just kind of like, I'm not in a position of Max, but kind of so like, I kind of made my dream, but I'm like, this it? <laughs> like, I'm sometimes just sitting here, like, you know, like, is, is this it? And yeah, I sometimes just had that look he had, like he just looking because he's not like bad. He's not saying he just seemed like he's just resigned. Like <sighs> here we go, oh shit, here we go again. He's used to he's he's numb to this this whole you know he's numb to the routine. 
because he knows it. Like you could tell by you know he knows his way around the city. I mean, he knows his way around everything, but it's kind of like he keeps telling himself, like you know, I'm just trying to get my dream together. And he got the little poster there. You can zone out on vacation. So you show him going around, you know, picking up people. When I was Debbie, Debbie Mazar, they she argued with her boss. Da, 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 da. Well, last time I talked, you had a sex with me. So that's you want to fuck him with respect. And I just think about all that cat. Like, you know, people always make fun of cab drivers and Uber drivers for talking too much. They never look at the other side. Mm. You just minding your business. People just running their mouths, telling their lies and all that. Like, I'm not trying to hear all that shit. So like, where you want to go? Quick story about and that. Can I, tell just, a, can I tell a quick story about that? Um, So I had called a lift. So it was my first time doing it maybe like last year. But I got a shared one. It was cheaper and I was like, no, nah, I'm not paying that much to get home or whatever. So I got a shared one. So I was in there with this um woman. She was on her phone. And when I say me and this Lyft driver were both looking at each other, he was looking at me and I was looking at him like, bruh, because we were, we were hearing too much, just things we didn't need to hear. Doctors, uh, doctors, dicks, and, and, and child support. And I was just like, yo, what, what the fuck is going on, man? But, look, you know, I got through that. So, yeah, people talk a lot in cabs. And sometimes they just don't care because they feel like, well, I'm only in here for so many minutes, so it ain't going to matter. But sheesh. Yeah, for anyone that's, that explains Twitter and so much. <laughs> yep. People just say whatever they and I always when I'm like, I don't know what's worse. You saying stuff that you wouldn't say in public, or you saying that some of that stuff and you probably would say in public. But anyway, so he's like making his rounds. You hear different saying, you know, hear the roots, hear the you know, it's going to LA. And it's basically like he knows his way around town, he knows how to get there, clean his cab, he can speak Spanish, he's you know, talking to the um I don't know if it's a gas station clerk. Yeah, I think that's what it's supposed to be. Like that. So just establish this is professional, that's meticulous his job, knows how to do his job well, can interact with people, and it seems like stuck. So finally changes where he picks up Jada Pinkett Smith. Mm-hmm. He made sure to bag it up. So it's like, oh. Mm-hmm, I got you right here. You know, take such and such, go downtown. And then, because she's an alpha type woman, it's like, take the, take the 118, the blah, 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 and go this way. Now, as a professional, I can understand getting annoyed when somebody try to tell you how to do your job. Oh, Especially yes. when you're good at it. And even more, especially when the, if, if, when the information they give you is wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely know how that feels. Go ahead. I know you want to say something. Oh uh, no no! I'm just I'm I I've, I've been there and I recently just had something like that and I'm just like, uh, he, what? Nah, let me do this. That's why I get that's why I get paid. You let me do this and you do you. Shit. It's my job. I have to deal with it all the time. I'm annoying people who are telling me that don't know what they're talking about, which is why they called and asked me in the first place. And I'm like, look, you do your thing. I do. My- uh, like you know it's just so anyway he has a different ways like you know he explained to her why his way is better she's like oh you take this it drives slow it's like oh that do it your way i do it my way but you know what that's fine and it's like oh you taking bets so basically they bet they get there by 10 minutes his way you know if they don't get there his way in 10 minutes the ride is free so he gets there in time she starts smiling 
And it's like, oh, no. He's probably like, oh, I got lucky. And blah, blah, blah. I got the lights. Like, no. And she showed him, like, no, you weren't lucky. You were right. I was wrong. And they started listening to me to start breaking, you know, flirting. Mm-hmm. And that's why if you have chemistry, they break the ice. It's like, you know, oh, you in the band. You win instruments. Because I hear how you shouting on that phone. So like that, like, no, I ain't had the strength for that. And then he knows people so much. He knows what her job is. He guesses that she's attorney based on how she dresses. Like she dressed like a professional, but not flashy. So not like, you know, travel sex salesman. How meticulously, you know, her notes and everything, the stuff she's talking on the phone, the type of purse she has. That's the whole thing. When you know people, you can know, you can pay attention to people, how they present themselves. You kind of guess what they're about. Or you can guess what they want to present to the world, at least. Yeah, I thought the scene. And he's doing the thing. Go ahead. No, I was just about to say, I thought this scene was really good because never once was he that over aggressively like, oh, you look good. Like nothing came down to sexual. Nothing came down about the looks. They were just having an honest conversation that two people would have. Conversation, get you far. I just tell them. If you want to have success with a woman, you talk to them like a human being and talk to them that you are listening to what they say and you actually care about hearing what they have to say and interact. If you do that, you like 65% of the way there. Because as you and I both know, most men seem not to either want to do that or don't know how to do that. And Max knows how to do that. So he's breaking down. Then she realized, like, she's stressed because she has this big case going. And she worries she's going to fail and not like that. And he's like, yo, you know, relax, take a vacation. It's like, when the last time you take a vacation? I take one every day. Every time. It's a picture of the Maldives Islands. And he gives her the picture. Like, he's, first he explains why the picture is important to him and what it does for him. And then he gives it to her saying she needs it. And it's like, oh. So in this span, like, 15, 20 minutes, he's throwing down major, you know, soul food. Wade takes hell game. Mm-hmm. Like he's just charming. He's concerned. He not be overly aggressive like that. And melts her heart. And then she leaves. And then she comes back gets the car because she just you know she's like I got a connection here. Because at first she leaves, he's like oh I don't know about this. Damn, I should have like said something. And I have been in situations like that. We all have. Where I didn't ask, and I was like, yeah. But then sometimes, like, you ask, like, oh, no, nah, this is a one-time thing. Thanks for the conversation. That's all it was. And then you kind of feel a certain way. But it's like, you know, everyone missed game winning shots. It's kind of how it feels. So anyway, she gives her information. He's all, like, happy and all that. And I'm just laughing. I'm like, she's this high-powered criminal attorney. He's driving a cab. It's Los Angeles. And at first, I would think, shit, Pinky can't find. She can't find nobody else. <laughs> but then... I mean, that's how it go. I mean, see, I get what you're saying. I honestly, I understand what you're saying, but I have seen things like that happen. Like you would think, like, wait a minute, but it's just the I way. know. So, yeah, it is what it is. I have friends. I have friends who have done that. But I also have friends who have not done that because it's kind of like I ain't even if I like him, we drop a cab. I'm a surgeon. Yeah. I'm like, so? But it's like, but you can't tell somebody, you know, if they say this is important, you can't tell them they're wrong. That's something yeah. them or not. Some way that happens. 
And then you see Tom Cruise character again, you know, checking in the hotel. And somebody made, Michael Mann made a point because you're wondering why didn't this whole thing, like why he choose Jamie Foxx as the cab driver? Because like, why didn't he keep the cab driver he probably got going from the airport to when he checked in? And what he said is he probably didn't interact well with him, which is why he switched out. Because this whole thing is, I'm going to be with this person for five stops. I need to know that it'll work for five stops. Not like, not, hey, where you going? All like, so, you know, somebody that's <laughs> annoying and changes mind because I'm on a timeline. Yeah. But, you know, because I'm just making a joke. Imagine he, you know, because when he picks him up, at first, you know, Tom Cruise waiting for the cab. And Jamie Foxx is busy not paying attention. So he's about to go to another cab. And then he finally stops him, like, hole right here, anything like that. And I'm just picturing a movie where he keeps on walking and he gets in the cab told by Kevin Hart. We got a whole different movie. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my goodness. Hey, I, think, I think Tom Cruise would be tickled by Kevin Hart shenanigans. Like, oh, this guy. He's, <laughs> he's hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mike, I, I wouldn't work. love Kevin Hart. That, that, I don't know if that would have worked or not. I'm just sorry. I think he would have shot Kevin Hart. Oh, <laughs> uh, wait a minute. What the hell? <laughs> I'm just, just a man. Yeah. Um, Jesus is a man on my cab. <laughs> uh, now, now I'm just, that'd be, yeah, that's a comedy. That's not no drama yeah. right here. So <laughs> anyway, it's in there. And then the whole vibe was like, I'm trying to get this place. It's like, oh, this is estimated time. 10, not 8, not 12. Such and such and such, get a time, I'll send eight minutes. Mind if I time you? Knock yourself out. See, he doing that whole white thing, that whole alpha male white guy thing, mm-hmm. trying to challenge you, you know, see if you know your stuff. Let me challenge you. You know, see if you run it. You say four or five forty. Why don't you do it? I get my stopwatch. He's like, what if I get it if I'm wrong? I'll apology. I gave my free ride out to a girl. I'm like, oh, you're gonna call her? Yeah. And then it's like, you know, breaking down. Then there's a different internet. They break it down each other, like, you know, first time in LA. Nah, I hate coming here. They all separated, spread out. Nobody like each other. Nobody meet each other. Tells them a story about how somebody was on a train, dies, and just rides around for six hours for somebody to know this. You know how screwed up that has to be. Yeah. It was that people just oh. people just in, and this is way before the cell phone. I no AirPod era. You that could easily. I, I'm like that happened. That could easily happen now. It probably be all day long. Nobody pay attention. Yeah, because I don't know. It's almost as I want to think if that would have happened here in New York. I'm just thinking to myself because I know how people are here where people like sleep on the train or got their head down. How we all like, I don't want to be around them. So, I, yeah, I can kind of see it. Like that, that too. And this, this is kind of like I've been out in places and brunch and everybody on their damn phone. It's a you might you know how disconnecting that is. You would you supposed to be a social event. It's a table full of people and everybody's looking down. Nobody's talking to each other. Nobody's looking at each other. They just looking down or like taking pictures of what they're doing, and it just shows how. And I'm guilty of doing that too. And I try to like curb. I'm like, we just so damn vain. It just was just technology make it easier because ain't nobody gonna take a Polaroid. Imagine you take a Polaroid yourself, get it developed, and then put on like a you know, 
No bullets and boards somewhere in your house. You ain't doing that shit. That take work. Now nah, I just got a phone. Whoop, take a picture. Put on your profile. Look at me. I'm eating food. But you ain't seen that before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm just wondering about some of the stuff we do. And it's just kind of like, I try to curb myself from doing it because when you break it down, it just seems so damn silly. So anyway, he's breaking down, you know, how you feel about LA and blah, blah, blah. And then it gets to a and then he's like, oh, what you doing? Oh, this is the part. Your cab real, he knows the cab's real clean. And it's like, his cab is clean. And, and abnormally clean, because most people don't keep stuff that, that cleans them. I shared, they like the nighttime thing, more tips. Oh, it's just a part-time thing. thing forever. How long you been doing it? 12 years. If it's 12 years, it ain't part-time. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't temporary. That's even- not how that go. I don't even know why he said that bullshit. Like, oh yeah, yeah, motherfucker, you, you, this is your job. Cut it out. So I told himself, yeah, it's kind of like I'm just doing this so I get my stuff straight, and then one day when my mixtape, you know, blasts off on SoundCloud, I'm a hit, and everybody ain't Steve Austin or like DMX. I'm doing it for eight years, and I finally blew up. It's like sometimes it gets to the point where it's like you know, you are what you are, and yeah. if you don't change. You always gonna be that way. That whole one day I'm gonna get to it, one day I'm gonna get back in shape. And the older you get, the harder it gets. And Max is starting. And he's getting, I think he's already at that point. He's just like, I don't know if he realized how he's been lying to himself. He needs to joke, or he doesn't realize, or he just does and just accepts it. I think that I think the, I think he wants to believe, he wants to believe the lie that he's been saying. And I believe, you know, that first year he was saying it. Oh, you know, this is just temporary. He didn't get to the second year, and it just became, I'm always saying this now. I'm always saying this. I'm always saying this, but I'm not making no moves to do it. I'm just, you know, because you're not going to have everything perfect. There's no way. So you got to step out on the ledge. But he just never has stepped out on it yet. Perfect. Got to be everything. I'll be right because he got that OCD thing going in. So anyway. Time for for proposition, like, oh, you know, I'm in town for a night, five, you know, see some friends, get some signatures, got five stops. Um, how about you roll with me? Because he, he see they vibing well. I was like, I don't know, I can't route the cab. He's like, how much you make a shift? Like three, four, fifty, like six. And then he flipped the money out. And I've tried doing that. The money always fell on my hand. So I don't know. Maybe I need to practice more like Tom Cruise. Like I keep <laughs> 600. Plus another hundred, get me, get me to my flight, and I don't have to run to the plane. And as soon as I see the money, it's like, all right. Because at first, it's like, nah, nah, I can't do it. It's different to see that six hundred. Chris Bills, he's like, all right, that's cool. You know, name Max. I'm Vincent. You don't know that's his real name. That's the name he gives. That's the first time you hear it. And at this point, he's like, okay. I know something's off because, like, you know, it's nighttime or anything like that. And, you know, he switched the suitcase. But before, you know, he just a maybe he's a shady business. Maybe he's a scammer. So, you know, <laughs> fatigue or some nonsense like that. You don't know. But so anyway, he parks, you know, parks in the alley, eating his nice Subway sandwich. You know, so far, you have no idea what type of movie you're watching. Mm-hmm. You just see people talking. You know, Jada Pinkett's talking about a case she has. You see this man flew out of town, switched bags. You don't know if they're related, what's going on. And you see Tom Cruise, you know, walking up the steps, walking past these little apartment. And this, all these apartments, this old glass 
window glass wall shit. Like LA real good with that. I'm like, no. <laughs> I am not fine with that. Where you can see everything and everybody got their blinds open. And imagine you, James, you and your cab. You looking at this S Class Mercedes, thinking about how that's gonna be me, everything going good, and a body falls on your cab. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh shit, what the what the hell? Fuck. I remember seeing that movie thing. People was like, whoa, what because it's out of nowhere. One second eating a sandwich, and then you see the camera coming from the top of the cab, and boom, a body drops. He should be happy he didn't die. So he out thinking out the cab. Are you are right? you alive? Because, you know, you're getting shocked. You don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. And it's on there looking. And then Tom Cruise comes down. He's like, oh, shit. This is not planned. Yeah. Um, he's not. He, he's a little rusty. I don't know if he's rusty or tired. It seemed like it was a hitman. You would be a little bit better than that. No, it was. The thing was, I just shoot him. He falls and dies. He shot him. The impact had him go through the window, which still would have been fine had Jamie Foxx not parked where he parked. But since he parked in the aisle like he told him to and just had to be there, even if he fell, it wouldn't have been it would have been bad. But then he fell in the cab. So there's no way to hide that. So he's sitting there and Tom Cruise got this look like, oh, I thought I had this shelf level. Got to put another hole in. Like that type of look. And then Jamie Foxx put two and two together because he noticed it's kind of like you don't seem shook. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, he fell off the cab. He looking... And then he put two and two together real fast. He looked at the body. He looks at Tom Cruise's expression. How it's like he don't seem that sad or like I'm shocked. And then he's like, oh, he killed him. Red light max. With the quickness. He pulled that gun out the quickness. Like, oh. Put your hands down. Okay. Put your hand. You killed him. Nah, I shot him. Bullets in the fall killed him. And I got a big laugh in the movie theater because it's kind of like that's some shit, some either smart aleck kid or some or some like person with like behavioral issues. Say the gun guns don't kill people; people kill people. Yeah. Like I, I just shot him. I didn't think he's gonna fall. Yeah, I didn't think he was gonna do no drama fallout. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, like you know. Clean it up, get him in the cab. He's like, oh, just take the cab. Take the cab. They don't know what's going on. They hear the ass anything like that. Probably not telling anybody, right? Yeah, get the fucking cab. He, he playing with him. It's like, come on now. <laughs> Somebody told you ass. So anyway, they drop off, bust the cab. Oh, they put the, they put the body in the trunk. Yeah, they put the body in the trunk. Like, oh, Mm-hmm. Then you're like, oh yeah, he got five trips. The trips, people taking a one way trip. So, meanwhile, Mark Ruffalo get introduced to him. And you know, he one of them type of cops. He got a damn, he got a damn um, pirate ear, like he Michael Jordan his hair, <laughs> slick back hair. Yes. See, talk about, talk about John, talk about John Wick hair. Shoot, <laughs> this man had the slick back hair. He had the earring in there. He had that goofy ass facial hair. This man like an asshole. Look at Bruce Banner. <laughs> yeah, he had asshole. yeah. The future, it's funny. It's funny watching Mark Ruffalo now and then watching some of his old stuff. It's like somebody saw this. Like, yeah, he'd be great. Yeah, Edward Norton never drop out. He'd be a great Hulk. 
Yeah, that's crazy. So anyway, he's in there. Yeah, so he's in there. He's a detective um, checking on his CIs. He's like, hey, Ramon. Hey, Cabron. Checks to the door, doesn't hear anything. See the glass, you know, glass broken in the um, hotel room. See the glass on the ground. It's like, oh, something happened because he fell out the window, calling, you know, calling his boss. So he's the only cop that seemed like, you know, he puts two and two together real fast. Everybody's like, oh, no. <laughs> it's gonna get a lot of that. So anyway, Jamie Foxx is shook. He's stuck at the light, trying to clean the seat. He's like, Taku, like Lady Macbeth. <laughs> it's a green light. Leave the seats alone. Drop. <laughs> and then he's breaking down, like, oh, you know this address? Yeah, I know. Like, oh no, I can't do this. Like I told you, I had five stops. You said they were. You said they was friends. They somebody. You said they were your friends. They're somebody's friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that line get a good laugh out of me. They, they, I said they were my friends. <laughs> some friends. I guess they friends with somebody. I mean, he ain't lied. Uh, he's out, he, like, he ain't lying because he always said he's. I'm going to see friends. He ain't. I'm going to see my friends. He full of shit. He just like <laughs> his whole thing is. He knows exactly what he's doing. He just puts this whole thing on to kind of like you know. I'm just taking out the trash. This is a, I'm just I'm just doing the job, man. I ain't lie like you believe me. It's like you know, you weren't supposed to know anything, none the wiser. But you know, Plan B shit happens. I change. Just roll with it. Just understand that you had no choice in the matter, and you'll be okay. And you'll live through it. Make seven hundred dollars. So he's like, oh, why you had to kill him? You know, the, like. You didn't even know him. Like, like you just met him like that's like you don't even know him. I told the dope people before I kill him. <laughs> you start breaking <laughs> start down some shit on him. Yeah. You ever heard about Rwanda? Yeah, I know about Rwanda. Ten thousand people Rwanda. You know, people have seen that type of level this is Nagasaki here. She went, You join Greenpeace, Oxfam? I kill one fat and you know, you throw a hissy fit. <laughs> I don't even oh, know no one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! Oh, it's like Taku spitting that third eye Umar vibe. It's like imagine you hear Doctor Umar from a white man. Oh boy, yeah, that's that's a, that would be the speech right there. It's like you know, six million people die all the time. That's just life, you know, just a whole roll of nothingness. Don't worry about it. <laughs> He's breaking that. Like the whole the, fun, the funny thing is. He makes sense. Like nothing he's saying is a lie, but it is kind of like in the moment. Like, <laughs> yeah, you still murder somebody. I, I, I kill him. I kill him. He fell. Nah, I kill him. He fell. <laughs> I just shot him. All that shit that happened after the bullets hit him got nothing to do with me. Uh so anyway, they get pulled over. Because, of course, you got an L.A. cab with a busted windshield driving down. So cops come over, and there's two cops pull over there. One of them used to be a cop, and the other one, my man, Richard T. Jones. Mm-hmm. No, we know every time yeah. women see him, they get aggravated. <laughs> if you saw him, no. Why did I get married? Yeah, I don't know if it came out yet. I thought that first one came out already. So, maybe, because like, if you see him, depending on the time frame, like, oh, the dude from the wood. Yeah. You from what was it? Crossing Amy or Crossing Jordan chasing Amy? One of those shows. He's like one of those shows. He said that's why he got him. Michael Mann got him from. I was like, oh, I know him. 
He's yeah. that black dude. Yeah, why that American on two thousand? Like Richard G. Jones, this whole thing, like you see, I know his name, but you've seen him enough stuff, and he just pops up in like a lot of genre things. So it was like you know, he's gonna come on here and just ask some questions, and he's like that. Tom Cruise, like you know, talk it out of it. You, you know, you don't got enough trunk space. Oh, see, so got a ring. He married. One of them probably got some kids at home. Yeah, asshole. He is an asshole. I was like, you know what's funny? I when I saw it in the movie theater, I forgot that part. But when I watched on Blue, I just started like, oh, he an asshole. Mm-hmm. Like, talk it out. You know, or, or his kids, basically, like, his kids to be an orphan because I'll shoot the asses. <laughs> like, don't get me cornered. So he's like, oh, what happened? I I hit a deer, a, a South Central deer. It's like, yeah. So they looking at it like you had a you had a deer in the hood, huh? You know it's funny. I was taking the trash out last night. It was some deer running running down the street. Mm-mm. Two, yeah, two of them. And I'm just looking here like y'all need pay no damn taxes. Are <laughs> they eating off people trees and shit? And, and dropping them damn pellets on my yard. Maybe like, once we gotta do that. So anyway. They're saying, oh, you know, you can't be driving a passion around. So you got, you know, I'm like, I'm taking the depot and blah, blah, blah. my last stop. And it's like, you know, this is a hazard. We got to, you know, we got inventory the vehicle. It's going to be served. You know, you got to step out the trunk. Do I have to? Blah, 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 blah. And then he's trying to talk about, like, it's my last stop. And you give a couple brother break. I'm going to drop them off. But see, Joe ain't trying to hear nothing. Like, step out the trunk. Tom Cruise got the glizzy out. <laughs> about to plug him. And luckily they get a call. It's a um it's a shots fired somewhere else. Like we gotta roll. Someone have a nice day. They live to see another day because they was gonna die. Pretty much. Cause they, they won't, yeah. <laughs> I don't see no way out of that one. Mm-hmm. He's gonna kill him. Make sure you go so, back to the pound. They get to- <laughs> yeah. So they get to the second stop. He's tying his um, arms together right before he leave him out the car. He gets called by um, his boss. So what's going on? Max. 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 I know you're out there. <laughs> like, you're going, so you're going, it's like, who's this? All right, so talk to him. He's like, oh, you know, heard you ran to something. Crash the cat. No, I crashed something crashed to me. I don't give a shit. Beside the fact that I, you know, because I hate cops, they said you crashed or something. I don't give a damn what paying. You paying. And then this we start getting a whole thing like Tom Cruise ain't just this no a heartless hitting man. It's like nah, the liability covers covers that. Tell him to stick this cat. Tell him to go fuck himself. The cat was fat. He's like, I can't do that. He's I'm gonna make you pay. And then so he pretends to be like some deterrent. Like who's this? Aren't you bullying this working man? I'm such and such assistant director and assistant attorney, blah, blah, blah. And I see you bullying this working man. You know goddamn well your coverage protects you from this. So I'm just trying to deal with you, you sarcastic prick. <laughs> oh, an indignant white man is a super weapon of having your side because they just have a certain thing like, how dare you Hell yeah. try to bully this man? Before it was Karen, there was yeah, Vincent. <laughs> Peter's here. He. Here to make sure justice is served the right way. Oh, I'm sorry. It's funny how we had the vibe of Max. He's like, oh, fuck you, you pan. Some white man start with some power star. I'm sorry, sir. Like that. Don't apologize me. Apologize to him. <laughs> so, tell him, to like, you know, next time he pulled this shit off, 
drive this cab with his fat ass. And then he tell him. Uh, then he ties him up, goes on job number two. And at least the job number two dude's like, oh, it's a notary at the door. What did he say? It was a notary. All right, let him in then. So, and meanwhile, Max is in there beeping the, the horn. Help! I'm tied up the cab. Thinking somebody will come save him. Now, it's late at night. It's Los Angeles. So if they see you coming and they see you tied up in the car, that late at night ain't no good Samaritan. It ain't Derek. Derek that ain't coming to save. Hey, these hey. dudes look scuzzy as hell. Hey, hey, like hey. it was four of them. <laughs> hey man, I'm tied up. Just kept walking like I was. <laughs> he was like, hey, hey man, I'm tied, tied up. up. Oh Uh-oh. damn, you tied up. What? What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's up. He's like, give me a wallet. I feel, don't you see my head's tied to the steering wheel? Oh, what you talking to, man? Like that man, like he was on all the meth on the planet. Took his, took his own wallet, took his briefcase, boop, just bounced. I'll give it a and, and Max. Look. I was about to say, I gotta get that. I want you to see that Tom Cruise lie. I'm gonna get to it. <laughs> Oh, because Max is looking like, damn, I'm in the worst spot of before. So Vincent handle his business. He come on down. Yo, homie. <laughs> I had Yo, to. homie. I'm almost 100% and sure. Tom, Tom Cruise has never said homie in his life. And just hearing that shit was just too funny. Hey, homie. Oh, that's hilarious. And then, so keep, yeah, so keep in mind, you know Tom Cruise at this point is a killer. You haven't seen him in action yet. So it's like, oh, he out there, oh, you want your briefcase, why don't you give you a wallet? So at this point, it's like, okay, what can he do? And I remember, I saw this in the movie theater, and this scene happened, and pe- the whole atmosphere of the movie changed, because he pulled the quickness Shoot one person twice, the other person two more times in the chest, one in the head, grabs the seat, grabs the briefcase, shoots the other person one more time while I even looking. Mm-hmm. And I remember people was like, oh shit. Like it's oh, it's that type of movie. And it's kind of like remember we talked about John Wick train before John Wick? Yeah. Yeah. That, that and that's natural. And that shit looked that's scary because it was like Okay, you know, he just, just we a white guy in a suit. I guess he a badass. He killed somebody, but you didn't see him. It's different when you see it. And it's like one second, dude's talking trash. Two seconds later, they both laid out. So you know he was highly trained somewhere. And he professional. Super highly trained. Like, this ain't his first time on a rodeo. And not only that, you didn't see that level of training in movies like that. Like now, you kind of used to. Before, it's like, you know, you've seen Resident Evil or the movies. They got their arm out. They not, their elbow not even bent. They just shoot straight. <laughs> and like, they got their arm sticking like 30 degree angle. Like, you ain't hitting nothing in front of you. You got your arm stuck out like it's a poster. Like, we grew up seeing stuff like that. Yeah. Or they just laying out like shooting 60 bullets, never reloading. It's like, ah, oh, that looked cool, not realistic. And then it started getting better in the 90s. And then you start having people like Michael Mann, like, nah, we're going to do this the right way. I got SAS training, my boy. Like, he was training for four months. Like, he brought up this whole, like, the stuff we brag about now is like Michael Mann start, was doing it back then. So you see this, and keep in mind, 
even in Mission Impossible, the earlier ones, Tom Cruise wasn't moving like this. He was like jumping off shit and running. But it wasn't like, you know, he felt like he was like a decathlete, like not I'm a killer. So yeah. seeing him do this, and it's like, damn. So they drive all like, oh, is that button right there? Can you press it, please? Like he, you know, because soon as he do it, he just look around. Does anybody see the shots? Anybody hear anything? All right. And not get to cuss him out. So go back to the crime scene. Peter Berg, oh man, he woke up. It's probably like 11 o'clock at night. Like, oh, oh, he was sleeping on. good. <laughs> Such as <laughs> my. He was sleeping too good. My CI, this man. My CI vanished. And he's like, he got pushed out the window. It's like, oh, is CI part of Felix? You can't the feds already get them to them, so leave that alone. Oh, well, we work, we care about the thief. Like, we just start doing this stuff, it's gonna take our shit, you know, get credit anyway. So, by the whole thing is, what's the point? The feds doing the whole thing, leave this be. And, um, Detective Fan is like, nah, if he pushes, that's my, you know, that's my case. He pushed him out the window and makes it mine. He's like, you see any proof of crime? Is there some glass here and some blood? Like, he say maybe he jumped out the window. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm feeling depressed. I jump out the window, fall four stories flat on my head. Oh, I'm feeling better. What better again? I walk away. <laughs> Peter Bird did not feel like doing nothing. He just wanted to go back to bed. Yeah, my man was tired. I ain't mad at that. Yeah, with no Vincent Hannah. <laughs> yeah, you were no cowboy cow. He's like, I was supposed to go back. Pajama, then they get the you know, find the blood spatter, find the bullets. So it's like, all right, so it's some case going on. So we guess we're gonna investigate. And they said they had a witness, they saw a cab, saw two people in there, couldn't tell the description because it's like that coke bottle glasses. Like 4,000 cabs in LA need more than that. So the cops are on the trail. In a normal movie, it would mean one thing, and this movie is gonna mean something else. <laughs> so they at the gas station, filling up the, you know, filling up the, um, the taxi, and this is like, you attract attention to yourself, you're gonna get people killed that didn't have to die. You understand? You understand? <laughs> Don't worry. New news. <laughs> no, we're ahead of schedule. Let's go. You know, jazz. You like jazz? Well, white people that like jazz is annoying because they tell you they like yeah, you need to like jazz. That's your culture. I know this jazz club in LA, such and such played all the favorites. Let's go there. I'll buy you a drink. What? I'll buy you a drink? Like we buddies? <laughs> For that night, they uh, were. For that night, they were buddies. Yeah, you talk about 48 hours being a weird buddy cop movie. Shit. This is just. So is this. So anyway. Go on. Nah, go ahead. No, no, it's just funny because kind of like he just messing with Jamie Foxx the whole time, like keeping them all kilted. Like I just need him to do what I need him to do. Mom, guess I'm starting to like him anyway because it's kind of like, yeah, kill him, get to find a new cab driver. Make yeah, it's easier. Like, nah. it's, it's almost I feel like that he has not. What is it sympathy for him or feels like yo, you can do more. I don't know. It's just this weird thing. Like, I don't know. Even though he's out here killing people and more than like brought up. Go ahead. And later on in the movie, like, Jay Fox does enough stuff to justify getting killed. 
he still doesn't kill him. He's like, oh, we in this together. We got to see this through the end. And I like how you do business. It's like, give like Tom Cruise, it's like he started lying to himself, giving him excuses on why he's doing what he shouldn't be doing. So I guess they have an impact on each other. So anyway, they go to jazz. I'm not a jazz fan. Like, I appreciate jazz for like one of those type of things. Like, I sit down and listen to jazz. I know it's a certain thing. I, I know more better blues talk about how, you know, we created and white people, you know, support our whole thing and blah, blah, blah. That's a story for another podcast. So anyway, playing jazz and Tom Cruise doing that whole thing. White people do white people like jazz, you know, jazz is different. It's not about just notes. It's about what's between the margins and the edges. When you're a little slightly off routine. Think about routine. People do the same thing every day for 10 years. You know, same thing. Wake up, same job. And then you look at him like, you don't know where you're going to be 10 minutes from now. Do you? And then give him this look. <laughs> and I'm like, why is he so sadistic? <laughs> oh, man, he just messed with me. So anyway, like, I want to get a, you know, buy the owner a drink. And at first, I think, oh, maybe they stopped there and just hit this jazz thing just because he liked jazz so much. Like you said, he had the special. So it's Baron Chicago Henley telling the story, like, you know, it's a busboy and I met Miles Davis and da da da. Like, Miles was uh, intense. Just come up running to Miles Davis. That's the most annoying thing. Like, like, oh, excuse me. So he told it. The whole, that? that whole Miles Davis. Like, it just seems like that's a, that's a, oh, let's Miles Davis. <laughs> it seems like it's like that on every movie. We got, you know, it was other jazz musicians than Miles Davis. Now, I understand he's a pop, one of the most popular ones, but uh, just get tired of hearing that shit. But go ahead. That's just my personal thing. And yes, I was in the jazz band. So. We'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that he's another like, day. How come Charlie Parker? Charlie Parker didn't get no love. That's what you sound like. No, 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 no. It's just it's a it's a musician thing, <laughs> former musician thing. So yeah, whatever. Uh, I see, I see. That makes sense. So, anyways, they breaking up story like, oh, this job couple try to get up to him. He's like, you know, go somewhere. Job motherfucker, take your sleep, bitch, with you. <laughs> like laughing like oh it was miles you know i got to play with him and he said cool like i wasn't ready but look him up when i was and then he dropped a little hint like what happened oh you know got drafted got in the war got some other things by the time i got out you know seeing it change but i was born such and such and uh, my conception came that day and then you hear the whole thing and it's like you don't know about the whole getting the other things first, like should that mean anything? But it does, because this is like, oh, it's a great story. I love to tell the people to Kulikan and Cartagena, and anyone those cities mean something more now to the common people, because those are you know drug spots. Kulikan, Mexico, Cartagena, Colombia. So, oh, and then as soon as they say that, you see how um, Daniel's face change? Mm-hmm. Sure. Not like, Drop like a damn Snoopy dog. His whole, because he got big jowls. It's like, oh, you from the gospel? Could you call it Cartagena? I th- and here I go thinking he was a nice guy, nice cat. I am. Boy, I got a assignment. And yeah, by this time, Max already know, like, oh, shit. Like, Why don't you let him off the hook? You still like his music. I'm working. <laughs> you just let him be there. He's like that chain up. You know, that's funny coming. That's funny coming from you. He's like, you know, you just shut the hell up. Grown men are talking type thing. 
But he's like, you know, I'm going to give you a chance. You know, I'm going to give you one jazz question. You get it right, you vanish. Like, you leave here, you vanish, walk off the face of the earth. You're like, I'll, like, I want to be here. And I was compelled, you know, they gave me immunity. I was compelled to testify. He was doing that, going back. And I was not going back. Tell Felix I was sorry. And then that's where the whole thing is like, all right, that's where you got a hint. All these people, like, related to this Felix dude. You find out later. So he gave him the question. He's like, you know, where did Miles Davis learn jazz? He's like, oh, music school, but no, blah, blah, blah. He breaks it down like his dad was a dentist, had agriculture, had money. That must have been hard. Black man had money back then. So it's in music school, Juilliard, thinking, oh, he got the question right. Pop, pop, pop. He dropped out after a year, you know, and intern for the next three years. Drops him on his head, puts the arm down, laid out and died. Waitress already gone. Just the person washing the dishes. They don't know any better. Okay. Hold on. Before you keep going, the the, the, the question I have to ask you is, was he right? I, I say he wasn't right because he, he did. Vincent wanted the complete answer. Now, he wouldn't have let him live. We all know that. He would still kill them. But he still didn't give him the complete answer. Wait, no. Here's the thing. One was he he didn't answer the question all the way, so that was the thing. But just your second question, because Max asked him, and Michael Mann talks about like, his open ended, like you know his whole thing, because he after this he sees like, oh, I can't do this. No, you punched you on like I'm oh, fuck all this. I'm done with this. You need this girl. She just pissed you off the last time. You just you just leave with like one shoe on. Like I can't take this. It just killed me. Collateral anyway, and then he opened palms, slapping him like this Virgil Pointer too. Like I'm not playing. Like you got, you know, I'm not playing. Show somehow you played him. If you got the question right, would you let him go? And they don't answer it because, I mean, would he? It's easy to say no, but it's kind of like he don't care. He just this whole thing is let you know they wouldn't know. And by the time, you know, if he leaves, he's not there to testify. That's the whole point. He's doing the job. It ain't like they're going to double check. He's just doing the job by hooking by crook. So it wouldn't cost him money to do that. He still get paid. Mission still accomplished. He don't seem like, you know, he don't, he makes an effort not to just kill, like, indiscriminately. Like, he just he just knocking off civilians, like people in the way. Like he'll threaten to do it, but he never do it. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like Omar, I'll put I'll put my gun on nobody that wasn't in the game. So, so anyway, why he getting strangled like the Undertaker? <laughs> Get called again, Max. What is it with this guy? It's your mama. Like, and the dude's like, oh, you still there? It's the same guy I told before. You put Max in the line. I'm like, you know, your mama call all the time. I ain't took goddamn babysitters. Like, I was so whatever. And then it's like, um, no, we got to go. You got to go ahead, go. You got a routine. You break the routine. People ask questions. I ain't bring you to see my mama. So when do you think this is a, a negotiation? Oof. <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel bad with me. It's like, now I got to take this madman around my mama. Now my mama got to know. <laughs> so. But I mean, hey, big mama, yeah, big so mama got to lay so out the lard, they though, go too. Ahead. 
<laughs> she been in that hospital yeah, for yeah. a minute. We gonna get to that. They... Yeah, seems like that's a permanent spot. <laughs> it's like a long. It was like a long term. That's the whole thing. I'm wondering how that whole thing is there because that's like that's just a long term care facility because it seems like there's other stuff going on. Like it's just a hospital, hospital. So it's like. It's just checking in because we have we have you know sometimes patients that's like they get sick all the time they check in like twice a month they'll be in there for like three or four days mm. like you keep a form basically so it's in there you know two steps forward to the right get some flowers she don't want no flowers they care about the dead she can't you now I'm off to the moon can't even get the flowers it's see and that and that's and that's the <laughs> now issue. you want to be all and that's the issue with the character of Vincent. It's like, who are you? <laughs> and that's how Jamie Foxx looking at him. Like, you just killed like three or four people there. Then you talk about buying flowers for my mama because she carried me in the womb. You a hitman with a heart? <laughs> I mean, this mama didn't do nothing to him. So there you go. So anyway, and then this. It's a different movie where they play it all. So they get in the elevator, and who happens to be in there? <laughs> Mark Ruffalo, Texas Fanny. They don't nobody know each other. Oh, what's going on? How's they going? What's the messer? You know, just in here. So far, so good. They interact. He get off one floor, they get off another floor. You don't realize what's going on. Detective Fanny's in there because, like, oh, you know, we couldn't find your one man. We found this other person. And it's, and we found these two punks, probably the same dude. Look at the, you know, points. Two in the chest, one in the head. Real professional, tight circle. And then he sees the second person who dies. And he realizes what's going on. It's like, oh, they related. Because he calls his boss again, like, I got somebody in the more Sylvester Clark, but like, you know, this crooked-ass lawyer. You know, so it's like, oh, Sylvester Clark's dead, blah, 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 blah. And then they put two and two, and two together, like, something going on involving Felix. So, time to let the feds. Only one person on the game. Everybody else, because it's funny. Mark Ruffalo's still working. Peter Berg in the bed. <laughs> he went back. He went back to sleep. He's like, all right, I'm Tough. out. He stopped at the club to get your home, your ride, and to give a ride home. Then went right back to sleep. He went right back to work. So that happens there. So then we get the scene with the mama, Irma P. Hall. Big, big mommy arm. You need to stop making them damn biscuits with with lard. Start using shit. I know you got me flowers. I was calling all the time. What with flowers? They downtime. Oh, mama, I ain't get you flowers. He got you flowers. Oh, oh. who's this man? Oh, Vince, you got me flowers. That's so nice of you. Oh, thank you. It's, you know, it's no problem. And he out here flirting with the mom, <laughs> like oh, you know, it's everything like that. I was just happy to be in town. You know, I was all for the riders came to see you. That's so nice. Everything like that. You one of my son's clients. Oh, clients, you know, he drive a limo, sir. He drive all the stars around. Everything like that. I'm proud of him. I'm real proud of him. Oh, right. He's like, like, oh, he, he like service, huh? He's like, oh, really? He driving stars around, huh? Okay. That's what you want to believe. Yeah, I'm real proud. I don't know why he's talking, acting like I ain't there. And Okay, at this point, Max just had it. It's like, all right. Because one, you cut away the bullshit about, like, you realize he's lying to his mom. Or as, she, as he says, she hears what I, what she wants to hear. And then the whole thing is, like, you've seen, you've seen him kill, like, what, 
You seen him kill four. You seen him kill directly three. No, he's killed five at the very least. And now he's talking to your mom like anything ugly, dovey, anything like that. Send that matches at that point. Match just reaches break the point, so he runs. Like what's your name again? He takes the bag, and then that's when you realize it's funny. One of the reasons why Jamie Fox got any given Sunday and Puff Day didn't is because Sean Combs might look like an athlete, but he ain't no athlete. He can't throw a spiral. And <laughs> Jamie Foxx could. Yeah, I mean, it's hard on a spiral. Is it, it? This is, and it's kind of like <laughs> that's why I give credit to people who can do it because like it ain't no natural thing. But Jamie Foxx seemed like he's an athletic person. But there's, when it comes to movies, there's regular movie athletic, and then it's Tom Cruise movie athletic. And it is hilarious. Tom Cruise is one of the few white men that can run you down if you black and you don't got to feel bad about it. <laughs> Baby, back in right there, you saying both. Yeah, because <laughs> you see Jamie Foxx all running, like <laughs> trying to get somewhere, and you see Tom Cruise in that suit with them church shoes. Bucket. He out there pumping his arms, moving. And you already know he gonna like Jamie Foxx don't have a plane, he just running, just go over there, he gets to the bridge, stops knowing he can't get away. And what he do, you're like, you know, I know this stuff's important. So to save the day, I'm gonna throw this bag. He can't get his info, he can't kill nobody. And he throws the bag, like, no, throws the bag. Then it, it hits the top of the truck. Opens up, then gets ran over by another truck. <laughs> and the looks they have, because Jamie Foxx got this look like, oh shit, like I'm, I'm hype. I know I'm going to die. I'm hype. I'm about to fight Mike Tyson. <laughs> and Tom Cruise looks at his stuff, then looks at him. And then you know how you just piss off the wrong person. You know, they about to square up on you. You ain't got a chance in hell. Right. Because he just run up on the air and he just do the whole judo, judo drop. He's doing the um, what's that move? That's an um, the STO. That's like smack, like um, SmackDown two, like you know. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I think it's called the STO. You might. Yeah, that's basically what he hit him with. Yeah, he, he was like, "You are all my prep was in there. You are screwing with my work." And normally, should have shot him, just killed him. Be you no, know, be done with it. Stay. He like, now nah, let's see what else you can do. Another mistake. Yeah. So, another mistake, but, you know, realize he has a plan. Yeah, so, he did. Yeah, his plan is, you know, oh, you're going to go to this place, uh, Club Club Rodeo. Where's that? Look it up. He's like, limos, huh? <laughs> Don't start. Oh, I'm not the one line to my mother. <laughs> Yeah, at this point, they both reached their breaking point with each, with each other. But they handled it differently because, like two like two minutes ago, there was this whole "I'm about to kill you," and now they all cracking jokes like, you know, she hears what she want to hear. You know, probably no, she hears what she tell. And then it's like, you know, she always is never enough. And normally, you know, Vincent will be like, "Yeah, just shut that shit up." Then it's like, you know. They project you onto their flaws, all the stuff that's wrong with them, and they rank on you instead. Like he empathizes with them. Yeah, it's almost he's empathizing. Jamie Foxx is almost not admiring, but kind of like I wish I was more uh, what strong-willed or determined or getting the job done like you. I don't, I don't know. Uh huh. 
but just to keep things a little off kilter, talking about, oh, you know, I wouldn't know about mother, what your father, yeah, he beat me, you know, ain't like that, drank too much, blah, blah, blah. And then when they were in and out, then dirt killed him. I was 13. And then Max got this look like, of course you did. Then he did talk, then just started laughing. He's like, <laughs> and they got this look like, motherfucker. <laughs> like, who makes a joke about, yeah, I murdered my dad. Like, no, he died of liver disease. And then Max is like, I'm sorry. It's like, no, you're not. Yeah. Because <laughs> he ain't, and, and he, he, he absolutely was right with that. Yeah. You gonna call that and then you gonna call that girl? What girl? You know, the one gave you the number. You should call her, take her out. You know, life's too short. And like, well, you know, it's the whole thing. Like, why are you driving limo? You know, why are you driving 12 years? It ain't part-time. Go ahead and do it now. Oh no, it gotta be perfect. I gotta get the right clientele around, everything you know, because when they get in island limos, it's gotta be like a club experience. From the time they get in, time they leave, it's like a party. Everything I got the right, everything perfect. I can't just, you know, make a bet on myself and that's just lead a dead end. I just want things to be perfect. So he's still lying to himself. Mm -hmm. Like, nah, I ain't doing it because it's perfect. So anyway, the plan is go to, you know, go to Club Rodeo, meet Felix, get the backups. But Vincent ain't going in there. Max is going there. (laughs) You wonder why? Because you realize, here's the thing. Felix didn't hire Vincent. Felix's bosses did. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't get to meet me. I mean, his bosses. Like, I keep my anonymity. So you go in there, get the work up, they like that. Well, if I can't, you're going to die. And don't 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 pretend indifference because you try to run anything like that. You know, I kill your mom on the way out. On the way out. God, like, damn, like, you don't right? care. Take it easy. Not my mama. Yeah, the whole thing. Oh, we can make jokes and everything like that. You need to call that girl. If you don't do what I say, I will murder mommy. Yeah. He's like, how long? How long you been doing this? Probably second six years. You got dental, everything like that. No, ain't that type of job. Stop stalling. Get out the, you know, get out the cab. So that's his whole thing. He got to pretend to be somebody else, get the workups and not die. And this place is under surveillance, you know, surveillance by the FBI. That's when you start noticing them for the first time. So he gets there. And this club, actually, the security there really works security at that club. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. I didn't know that. I don't know if they still work anymore because this movie came out when it came out, like 16 years ago. But yeah, back then, you know, Michael Mays, like, I'm going to do it right. Check him out, like, oh, what's going on, Holmes? Here to see Felix. Ain't no Felix. Tell him. So it's Vincent. I'm Vincent. <laughs> he all afraid. Like he can't believe himself. So he's like, let him, you know, tell him it's Vincent. Let him in. All right, let him go. Come in. And then you go, you ever been someplace where you know you don't belong? Uh once or twice, yeah. Yeah, this is a spot like this. Cause they all eyeballing, like, who is this darkie in here? Yeah, because I think it was all it was all what, Latinos in there? All all of them. Yeah. He's the only non Latin he definitely the only black person in there. And it ain't like, you know, one, two people know. They all staring about like, what are you doing in here? Like, he's like you you lost? <laughs> it ain't it ain't friendly. It ain't like, oh, like, oh. Like, you know, you never, I've never seen a giraffe up purse before. It's like, uh, he moving in our neighborhood. They eyeball him hard. So he in there and then Felix is there. 
My man, Javier Bardem. But we're going to get to Felix first. So the feds get there, and the feds understand, and the cops get there. Like, oh, you know, such and such. Agent Pedrosa there from Top Cop. Bruce McGill. He always playing a cop. What else was he in? Wait, was he in um was he in a low was he in a low down dirty shame? Mm. Is he the villain? Yeah. Is he the guy in up turning being a villain? Is he? I think so. This is something. What is he in? No. I know what he is. It's um no exit wounds. Yeah, there you go. That's it. Yeah, that's what he's his exit wound. He ended up being dirty at the end. So he always a cop. Or <laughs> a good cop, bad cop. So he's like, oh, I'm such and such. Be, uh, hey, what's up? You don't care about case. Anything going on? People are coming and going. Some people are saying, some people are going. Words are being talked. We just watched the win. Like, what's going on? So I'm like, oh, we hear such and such going on with your case. And then Mark Ruffalo sees the cab. So I'm like, oh, the cab smashed the shit. You zoom in on there. So his theory is right. He realized somebody fell in the cab, and that's the whole cab that's going around. So he's a, he's like three steps ahead of everybody. So they get they find out that, you know, Max drives the cab and blah, 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 blah. And there's like, you know, three people died. It's like, oh, three people died in a case. You got a case. So, so basically, all these three people have in common, they are witnesses in this case against Felix, who is this representative for this big cartel in L.A., that's getting indicted tomorrow. Just a moment. So, <laughs> meanwhile, Felix is like, well, I thought you'd be taller. Cartagena <laughs> say they hired, they meet you, but they meet them, but he don't meet you. Okay, now you're here. Why? I lost my stuff. Huh? I, I, I lost my stuff. Sorry. S- sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. It's not put back together. Like, let me tell you, a lot of people put together this list. Surveillance, counter surveillance, money, informants, very expensive, comprehensive list. And you lost it? <laughs> He's like, sorry. S- s- sorry. Sorry, doesn't put Humpty Dumpty. You know what's funny? I don't know what's funny. Imagine Javier Bardem doing this role as No Country for Old Men or him doing this role in Skyfall. Because he's not Mexican. He's Spanish from Spain. And apparently he spent a month learning how to speak English with a Mexican accent to change his Spanish accent. Oh. Okay. Because it's different. You know why I always laugh? I remember seeing Desperado had, I saw Antonio Banderas was Mexican. And all this time, like, I didn't know the difference between Spain Spanish and, and like, Mexican Spanish. It's difference. It's, they speak it different. They sound different. I'm a gringo. I ain't know. So all this time, I'm thinking, oh, he's just a, a tall Mexican. Then you kind of find he's Spain. It's like, <laughs> yeah, they will tell you, too. You call a Spaniard a Mexican. They look at you like, they, you got side like how dare you which is screwed up in his own way but anyway so he tells a story about like leaving Santa Claus I, I, I do not my children do Santa Claus I, my favorite story is about Pedro Negro Black Peter <laughs> he has the list for all the bad children 
And first he does a little toy donkey in the window. And if you still be bad, come back and snatch the kids away. I'm like, damn. Snatch your kids away because they bad. What are you, <laughs> child services? Got to get them out of there. So anyway, like, imagine how mad Jolly Old Santa Claus would say if Black Peter Gullis, you'd be feel fucking serious. Wouldn't you say? Like, he mad. He like, you lost this list. And meanwhile, you know, he hearing all this. And something snapped. And Max, because he's like, I think, I think, I think, I think you take that, tell that man, put his gun down. And you know who, you know who got the gun? Oh, Marcus Alvarez himself. Old, uh, uh, Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. <laughs> 20, 25 pounds ago. <laughs> the only, the funny thing is, he don't even see him, but he probably, guess he probably got his, like, tell the man, put his gun down. Like, what did you say? And then he man up, and then Jamie Foxx finally comes out, and I ain't scared no more. Like, I think you tell your man put his gun down before I take it and beat this bitch ass to death with it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you look at him, and the man got his hand on his gun, and he's looking, and he take his glasses off, and he's like, knowing the whole thing is, he ain't got no hands. But they don't know. They think he just big hit to And then he get confident, so I picked up a tail. Says, I don't know. I had to toss all that shit in part to save your... Hable Finacio ass. He started talking to, you know, like I killed three, the fat man, the lawyer, the jazz singer, all of them. Got two more left. Can you do it? In six years, whenever I'm not. See, that's the whole thing. So now he got his whole, he all hyped up. He kind of convinced him or anything like that. So he gets the works up from the, he gets the last two things on the list. And he goes, he's like, you know, token my appreciation, I give you discount, 25%. Make it 35. 35% off? Mm. Ooh. That's a Vince to find that out. Like, what? <laughs> he, he, he would make the plane do a U-turn. Like, oh, hold the fuck up. <laughs> that motherfucker looked at wait a minute. Who the fuck? He would have had to go back and kill uh, Max's ass. Yeah, so Michael Mann was basically said when he, like some theaters, that line got a big laugh, and the other theaters, it didn't. I'm like, yeah, the line that probably had black people probably got big laughs. Yeah. We probably, yeah not them stuck up ass white people. So anyway, so he gets the stuff. But Felix is kind of like, you know, following the club fever. If something go wrong, kill him. See, see, his whole thing is like, yeah, I don't know about this. It seemed kind of odd. Yeah, something seemed off. Mm-hmm. So he gets the stuff and mission accomplished. And they finally put two, you know, then the phase is like, oh, so cab driver there, he's probably not even a cab driver. He probably floating down the bottom of the river. It's like, he looked just like him, like, oh, yeah. Because they like, oh, so he's driving a cab for 12 years. He gets into a phone booth, turned to a meeting assassin. It's like it happened all the time. That's the trace, you know, trace skills, Tasi X. KGB, blah, 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 trigger time, all these skills, like how to learn, look like a cab driver. So the whole thing is they thinking like, you know, that dude that says he's Vincent is really Vincent. Like Max is dead. He just pretend to be Max. And it's like, they gonna go in there and protect their witness. Um, meanwhile, Mark Fran is like, nah, this is a bullshit. Like, I think there's two people in the cab. I think the cab driver's innocent getting bullied in there. And everybody else is like, nah, Cause Mark um, Peter Burr ready to go home. He's like, "Ain't hey, what you thought? Ain't hey, what you wanted?" He's like, "All right, whatever. I'm going to 
bed. You don't even see Peter Berg again in this movie. He's like, all right, <laughs> time to go to sleep. So they go and drive the fever. They're talking more about, you know, you call that girl. You know, you got one life to live, but I live it once. I'm glad you got the stuff. I'm su- you surprised you got it. And they talk a little more shit talking. And then they see the coyotes cross the street. Oh, you know, one thing we had to talk about this movie. What's that? So this is Michael Mann shot digital on this for the first time. And he was like these special Viper cameras because mm-hmm. he wanted to at night. Because you know, you can see everything. Yeah. Nighttime. Normally, that'd be impossible. Like back then, like you can see oh, the cab. So that's Think why about that. So that's why you got kind of like that grainyish, like grit grainyish shots of uh, in the nighttime scenes. Yes, because you can actually see. Mm, okay. So before you could like the before they were saying like it wouldn't have, it have been impossible to be able to film this stuff during this time frame because it's night, there's no ambient light. So because you could see every every because that's one thing. That you only pay attention to. It is nighttime and nothing's blurry. You see every detail, you see everything going on. Imagine a comic. It's a reason why comic movies shoot at night a lot of times. It's easy to hide stuff. Uh, yeah. They do it so they can hide. Most movies do stuff at night so they can hide things. So it's like, you know, I don't gotta because it's like I can hide my shit, hide my secrets. Michael Man, like, nah, but you see all of it. So that audio slave song played, they see the coyotes going, and everybody going, everybody going their thing, and the feds all like, yeah, we loading up, we about to do some business. <laughs> they thought, yeah. <laughs> they, they thought, yeah, as they say, they thought they was going to do something, and then Felix's boys loading up, and they just driving around with a machine gun, and they lap like it ain't no big thing. The cops stopped them for a traffic stop. It's going to be something. <laughs> License yeah. and registration. Somebody going out. They got scoops on it. So they ain't club fever. This is a real club. Well, the outside is a real club. They did it on soundstage because they needed some place that had 900 people. They hired 900 extras from like Koreatown, UCLA, and they had them film for five days. Damn. Ain't like, don't extras get like $50 or $75 or some shit like that? I'm in a Tom Cruise movie. I'm broke. I get to be famous. (laughs) Five days. Sign me up. They obviously was bored. I bet you somebody was shooting for five days now. You ain't got no job. You in the house. Mm. You like 21. Like, oh, well, I was doing DoorDash, but I get to be in I get to be in Captain Marvel 2. I wonder which one I'll choose. Bet. I can can always come back to DoorDash. So anyway, I always made the joke that they picked this club because like I work at Tom Cruise look like he like six foot three, a club full of a club full of Koreans. Well, yeah, that's how they can hide it. So yeah. So he's in there walking, the, the techno music's playing, and the fourth guy in there is this gangster Peter Lim to my oldest we'll call his wife said she had, he had club fever. So wife at home. Cause I was wondering, like, and that's another thing. They know this big case is happening tomorrow. Nobody was like, um, maybe have some surveillance. Keep an eye on our witnesses from this big time drug dealer. But at the same time, like, you know, Jeffrey Epstein happened. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and people and people knew and people knew to keep an eye on that shit still happens. So I guess it's kind of like not out of the realm of possibilities how 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 much of a failure that seems to be. So the way they go in there, it's like, oh, take two steps, walk straight, he's in the back of the room. You try to run. <laughs> the bystanders get the first shot. If it's a key threat, like you know, everything. If you cool, we cool. I start shooting people, you start pissing me off. And so they're in there going to the club, and now you see Tom Cruise's hands. Because before you just seen him shoot somebody. And this time he's doing more than shooting. He kicking people in the kneecaps, put them in chokeholds, like st- man, you dance in the club. Some music come out there, and some white man in a suit hits somebody with a Russian lace sweep and then stop him in the throat and keep walking. Imagine, like, oh. imagine if I saw that or it happened to me. Yeah. No, you saw it. Not if it happened to you. Oh, if you it, saw it. If I saw it, I'm leaving. All right, it's time to go. Somebody, yeah. Somebody to pop off. They look like that. Oh, that dude look mad. <laughs> you think? They out there bopping and he pushing through them. They don't run yet. They just watch him. Like, oh, shit. He out there clubbing people in the head. He got one person that choke hold with a gun out. Like, his Metal Gear Solid too. <laughs> And then the cops, then the cops show up ready to get Peter Lim out of there. And this is kind of like this whole thing is messy. They come in there to get Peter Lim. They don't call him. It's like, all right, Peter, we're here, we're here to get you. His bodyguard sees somebody with a gun, so they struggling and fighting. And then well, somebody get a shot off, hit the main FBI dude in the leg. The man talking all that shit. So his partner's got to drag him out. Oh, Pedrosa's hit. He out there. He looks stunned. Like, oh shit, I leave the water on. <laughs> he got this befuddled look like he didn't know if he left the, the fridge door open or not so FBI out the picture cause they homie got shot so cause first they put the guns on Max think it's Vincent free Vincent free Vincent oh no no no, no. all that tough Scott fell out the window so Felix boy is like nah get rid of him cause gunshots about to go off and what what does Vincent do he saves Max in the middle of his job, he didn't have he did it, and then he gave this look like Max gave this look like in the world, and basically, gave this look like messing up my work. What's <laughs> <laughs> wrong with you? Oh, that bitch, and I still gotta save your ass. So he go to work, and it's different. This ain't this whole I just shoot somebody three times. He's doing technical shit, rolling so they hit the other dude, hitting people in the forehead, hitting people in the chest, kill the dude in the shotgun, murder like five people. Peter limp fat ass trying to get up. He ain't going nowhere. He gets shot twice. Quick reload. Get shot again. One more time in the head. Just walks forward. Nobody trying to stop him. Nobody trying to do nothing. They tried because they tried to stop him before when the security guard got back up. And they grabbed him, knocked the gun out of his hand. And you know what he did? Pulled a knife out. Stabbed him in the leg. Then beat him. To, imagine getting beat up by your own weapon. <laughs> Somebody grabbed him. You got Beat you with That's rough. It's rough. So Fanny Fries, Max. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm the catcher. I'm the guy that catcher. I know. I know. I know the whole thing. I'm gonna pull up, and then you think, all right, he's gonna come save the day, and they're gonna work together to bring down Vincent. That's what you think gonna happen, right? Mm-hmm. What happens, Jeff? Oh, uh, Bruce Banner get five hot, hot ones. Tell me what happened. Uh, as they're here, they're coming out, Tom, yep. <laughs> coming out the door. Tom Cruise puts the heat in his ass. Da 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 da. 
He's out. No he more. He just got this look like I was supposed to die in this movie. Like, what the hell? Because <laughs> it's so shocking because you thinking they're going to work. He was like, he's the one man that knew what's going on. They're going to work together. They're going to figure out what's going on. Nope. He just catch that hot shit. And Max is defeated. He's like, <laughs> he is defeated. He's like, fuck yeah. this day. Fuck this and day. It's like, come on. <laughs> Grabs him, gets in the car. And then just, he's so defeated, he just runs into another car. Yeah. So they escape. They're looking around. That ain't saying everybody except for the police brigade in here. Oof. And then they, this is where the breaking point comes. You had to kill Fannin. Who the fuck is Fannin? Fannin the cop. He believed in me. Oh. So I was looking for you believed in me. Like, no. Yeah. And like, I saved your life. That's how you repay me. You know, he's complaining. He's like, oh. Got one more, one more in the list. It's like, why don't you find some? Why don't you kill me? Find somebody else. Like, oh, we work. You know, we in this together. We worked it all together. And then it start going whole thing. It's like, nah, you think you tell me it's just cosmic entity? We nothing. That's bullshit. Tell me, oh, bullshit. You you put a monument to it. Talk about this Isle of Limbo thing. You could have bended that. You are gonna wake up one day, realize you on a couch. Talk about someday, someday my dream will come. Realize it never came, and you could have done all the time. All you had to do was spy a Lincoln Town car. Why the fuck you still driving the cab? Basically broke the whole thing down. Like you know, you just lying to everything. You too afraid to call that girl. You too afraid to start that job. You know, you could have did anything. You just keep telling yourself that you are gonna wake up one day, realize it just faded away. You just too damn old. Just on the couch. I mean, how many people working around the world just? Circumstance, happenstances, and places around them are just living that life. That hit, that hit, that hit close to home for a lot of people. Because <laughs> I, right. hey, that it, it, like you said, there's a lot of people out there that's, you know, that's done that, and time has passed now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for now. But guess what? Um, Max out his own thing. Like something wrong with you. Somebody put a gun in your head and ask what makes you you can answer. Cause like you know, I think it's just parts that's in normal human people that's missing you. Like you just low and you just like broken. This whole nihilistic sit. Like you know, talking about you just what's going on? Why are you even killing these people? It's like, I don't know. I don't even know these people. It was like they look like they like, you know, witnesses for the prosecution for some, you know, somebody getting indicted that Sincerely, don't want to get indicted. <laughs> it's like, no, is that the reason? My, like, that's the why. There's no reason. It is what it is. We live, we die. What are you? You're different. Indifferent. Like, it's just a job. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? The funny thing about that, you got a lot of people like that that work at a job. Now, they, oh, this is just mm-hmm. the job. Fuck all that. Fuck all that shit y'all talking. It's just it. A lot of people in my health, people in healthcare, that's like that. So it's kind of like you know, I just see numbers in cases. I don't see people anymore. This is just kind of like it is what it is. And I try to avoid doing that because like you need to have empathy to do this job the correct way. But during COVID and all stuff going on now, it's just rough. It's like, what are you doing this for? It's like you're just wasting your time. So anyway, it's like. Break it down to oh, we just cosmic specs, huh? It don't matter. So fix it. I didn't realize that way till you told me that. So new news. Then but at this point, Max snapped. 
Yeah. Like, All right, so the badass super assassin say that. And then he just starts speeding, going through. It's a red light. Nah, I ain't gonna go ahead. I could have did it anytime. Do it now. Though. What does it matter anyway? Just driving. He's like, you know, he gets to the point like the hell with it. Mm-hmm. Just pull the gun out. Slow down. What you gonna do? Shoot. Go on. Shoot me. Kill us. Go on. Shoot. Shoot me. <laughs> like, you know what? You know what? Vincent, go fuck yourself. And crashes the cab. And Michael Mann said he practices. He wanted to have it, so he filmed it from that perspective. And the cab rolls and lands on his top and not land on his wheels. So he had to practice. He got it right. Because that's the type of director he is. And I'm just kind of like, that stunt driver, I hope they got, I hope they got paid extra that day. <laughs> it probably was an old boy from Drive. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I, mean, I was waiting for you to bring that up. So, <laughs> you mission accomplished. So, we get to, so now here's the breaking point where certain people have problems with the movie. Because up until this point, it's like a one solid movie. After this, from the rest of the movie, it becomes a horror movie. And it's like such a jarring change where people like don't wrap their head around it. Like it's not this cool movie anymore. It's like a stalker movie. So then in there, he escapes on foot. And then Max is like, oh, Max, I'm done. Then he sees the fifth person. And who is it? Annie. Jada Pinkett Smith. Uh-oh. Last. Uh-oh. Yeah. Why is she important? Yeah, that's important. That's the case she's working on. So she got he got to save his girl. So the cops come, oh, you was in an accident where we get you new to cab. Be all nice and friendly. But normally it's like it's weird when it's a black person. As soon as he's the body, put your hands up. <laughs> we know you did so, it. It's like, yeah, it's like you do got a damn. I mean, you got a body in the cab. <laughs> the trunk of a cab was like, who did you think did it? The passenger? So anyway, he sees a gun. Like, no, stop. Stop moving. This ain't no negotiation. He start getting the same verbiage he learned from um, Vincent. Then he tells him where he's going to be. It's going to be a crime. He runs. Runs and snaps on my phone. Dude try to say something. He's got the gun pull out and calls. And he, oh, Max, I'm going to expect you to call this late. Is somebody there to kill you? What? I'm playing games on my phone. Yeah, they say they work for Felix. Is somebody who, who Felix worked for? Felix, how you about Felix? He's in the building coming to kill you, so... Meanwhile, come a stalker thing. Vincent comes in there. I guess he kills the guard at the door, trying to find out where he goes, where she at. You know, checking, checking, goes to the office. He's not, he's not there. He's at the library, and then she realizes, oh, this man trying to like ruin my case. Cuts off the lights. She crawling on the ground. He's stalking. Jamie Foxx trying to get in there. He throws the door against the glass and just bounces off. <laughs> yes, that must be some thick glass. And then he shoot, he shoot like somebody who's never shot a gun before. Mm-hmm. So, so eventually, Annie's there. She's gonna try to escape. She crawling the ground, and who does she see? Vincent. Vincent. Oh, it's like Vincent about the plugger. And then he'll. Normally, instantly he would have just, just shot her. He just he waits for a second. I guess he waits for the right shot, and then who pops up? Max, let it go. Why? What you gonna do about it? Get shot in the neck. That's what you gonna do. <laughs> he messing with his baby girl. <laughs> and then Vincent is pissed. You know he got shot in the neck. This just got grace. He pissed. He's not aiming the right way. He shoot like Max. Oh yeah, he's done. He is off key. He is yeah. He's just over it now. Yeah. 
that throws the um he throws the chair through the window and then jumps through it and lands on the chair and fall. They said that was a mistake. He just kept it in because like ad lib. Cause it's like that's somehow you do just so damn bad you don't give a damn like stub your toe like fuck so they chasing trying like can't escape on foot cause Jamie Foxx is slow Jay Pinkett got heels and even get shot in the neck Vince is still Superman so they going get on the train they try like there's two trains going on they try to figure out which he trying to figure out which one yeah one's going it's, north and one's going south yeah um, a lot like one going north one going like west cause it's like two different um. Traffic is like it's like it's like two different platforms. So they guess they're like, okay, you won't guess this one. They guess hot on there, and then unfortunately, Vincent guessed right because he runs, jumps, and then grabs the back of the train. <laughs> Some death stroke shit. <laughs> I just happen to guess right, and then they realize they guess right because they seem like, oh shit, they're gonna try to escape at the next stop. But of course, Vincent see that because Vincent's gonna poke his head out like, oh, you gonna poke your head out? You gonna run? Like you playing high go seat with a six year old, so they had the last car, and Max is gonna make his stand. And what's this to say, Max? I do this for a living, and this is where I have an issue with. Oh. I know watching the movie, but I got, I have a serious issue. I know Vincent got wounded. Me and you I know both in the movie. I know it's dumbass luck. And you cannot convince me anywhere in the world Vincent will plug Max like nine times. Oh my goodness. This has to be history right here because I was going to bring that shit up and I'm glad you did because I was just like, nah, Max would have died. He would have (laughs) died. I have have always, I know why it's in there. I have always had an issue with this. With this. Always. Because it's like Cause not only that, Max got his eyes closed. Mm-hmm. He just just shooting. He's shooting at Vincent anything. He got perfect stance, aiming right way, and he don't hit him. And he don't hit him once. Yep. They at point blank out like it seems like it's impossible. They like point blank raise each other, and I can see they both get hit. That's what I would have lived. I could live with that. I could have like, lived or with like Max get grazed or something, but he don't get touched once. And Vincent get hit in the in the gut. So anyway, you don't see what happened because the lights go off. They shooting at each other. One person aiming correctly. One person got their eyes closed in the dark, just aiming. Yep, just and guessing. And the lights come back on, and Vince about to reload, and then he ain't got the grip. Drops the um, cartridge, looks down, and then he looks like he know what's up. As soon as he sees the thing, because he just sits down. <laughs> he don't try to do nothing. He just start talking. Hey, Max. Stop about to come. Man, train dies. How long do you think it takes till they find me? Then dies. Just like that. And they eventually got the train and walk away. Somehow, the train conductor doesn't hear any of this. They just drive it around. <laughs> and I had an issue with that too. Yeah, it's automated. Nah, Man, the issue was. Train, no LA back then. The issue was, shit, this is my last stop. I ain't here, shit. <laughs> I don't want to deal. I want to write the report. I don't want to do shit. They was here when I got here. Yep. I don't know what's going on. Because the other um, cause the other passengers, other passengers got off the next uh, the stop before. They're like, I ain't fuck all this. This is a man with a gun in here. So they get off the train, and then they walk away, and that's it. Collateral. 
collapsed. Um, the yeah. ending. Beyond the ending, I had no problems with the movie whatsoever. Yeah, the ending is the, the ending, and I just didn't. I still the Mark Ruffalo thing is just like what? Like it's not bad. It's different, but I just didn't expect it for him just to go out like mm-hmm. that. And Mark Ruffalo wasn't a thing back then, so. But he wasn't a name. It's just because you used to see him movies. Yeah. You're just used to seeing movies normally where it plays out differently in that situation where Mark Ruffalo will save the day or like be part of that at the end. And this one's like the cops just serve there as juxtaposition to tell a story. Because it's kind of like basically all you know is this drug dealer is under investigation getting indicted. His bosses know. They spent all these months putting down this case together and they got Vincent to handle this job because it took so long to do that. They got He got to do it in one night. And Max just happened to be there. If Max doesn't pick him up, someone else does, who knows what happens. The only reason, or if Max doesn't pick up Annie in the beginning, does he care? At the end, if he never meets her, does he care who the fifth person is? Is he still trying to stop Vincent? No. I don't think how so. How would he be able to stop Vincent? Like he don't have a number. How would he like how would he know? Yeah. So it's like a lot of stuff like random things happen. Like, oh, you know, if Max, you know, if Vincent doesn't shoot the guy through the window and lands on Max's cab. And I always wonder, like, if that doesn't happen, how long does it take for Max to figure out what's going on? I would gotta say by the by the time they get Peter Lim in the club. The first three, yeah, I'll just wait in the cab. Just waiting there. I'll be right out. No, no muscle no fuss. You don't know anything. But the club, there's no way he go in there, kill them in the club, and don't realize what's, what's all this racket going on. I mean, if he, if, if he played, if he played it cool enough, he could, you know, he could be like, I don't know what's going on. Let's get out of here, you know. If he played it cool enough, fire alarm, yeah, yeah, fire alarm. So I'm just trying to figure out a situation where. He does his thing, drop him off the LAS is no problem. And I think it's just impossible. Even before you take into account once he realized Jada Pinkett Smith is the fifth person. Yeah. Yeah. So even if everything went to plan, I don't know how it's a situation where both Vince ain't successful and Max lives. It's either one or the other, is what it seems like. And that's that's fine. But then the cops are just there in the way. And then it's kind of like, okay, does Felix still go to jail? I mean, the witnesses The witnesses are dead, but the prosecutor's still alive, so is it a mistrial? We never know. You know? <laughs> like, you just never know. It just happens. And then, like, do Max and Andy date? Well, yeah, that's, that's a lot yeah, of questions. That's a wild, wild, wild show on that train. Remember that night? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know how that works out. But this is just another Michael Mang, Mang banger. Another one uh, that he knocked out in the park. Uh, next week. His last... His last one, because I mean, because after this, it's Miami Vice. The next one he does, and that movie got that movie is no more for all the issues it had. Then I think it's better now than when it came out. But I just remember it was lost a lot of light and noise around that movie, and then I just remember it's kind of like Jamie Foxx and Colin Farrell had no chemistry whatsoever. Nope. Jamie Foxx leaves early because the stuff they were doing, like I think it was had like the minute somewhere they was filming, it was like some stuff going on. Jamie Foxx left, 
And Colin Farrell with the rehab right after this movie was done. And you can tell because he looked like he needed rehab. Yeah. Um and did you ever see Miami Vice? Yeah, yeah. I used to I used to own it. I don't know where it is now. I got it somewhere right here. And whatever was going on with Gong Lee, then I'm D- I'm Dominican Chinese or whatever they <laughs> I don't know what the hell story they trying to say. I grew up in Hong Kong and then I moved to Cuba. That's why I got this weird ass accent. Like that. And then they added a villain. Like the original villain they had, they said it wasn't enough, so they just added a whole new one. I'm like, yeah, this story seemed I remember watching like this seemed real disjointed. And yeah. then re and then find out what happened afterwards, it makes sense. So um, we absolutely not doing that right now. <laughs> I was, but I was no, 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 like, no, 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 like that. And then Black Hat, I saw that, and all that. That's even more messy. It's like when Chris Helmsworth, oh yeah, it's this New York hacker with this thick ass accent, and Raul Davis being Amanda Waller before she's Amanda Waller. <laughs> uh, so, oh, I think we're gonna do Hustle and Flow next week. <laughs> I think I had that on DVD. We're going to do Hustle or Flow, and then we're going to do episode three of Sons of Anarchy. And then next, and then the week after that, we'll do a movie and then do episode four. I think that's the easiest way to do the Sons of Anarchy, being today like, what, 40-something minutes. Yeah. Hustle and Flow. You know what's hard out there for a pimp? Yeah. Uh, what a movie. Three Six Mafia won an Oscar. Yeah, they best did. There's no song. They was out there performing. Oscar winners, and that's and then they was just hot. They did that, and then Mark Henry song. Yeah, and this is like, this is also uh, Taraji P Henson and and um, Terrence Howard's like, would you say breakout or would you say just? Move? I mean, it's definitely Terrence Howard's breakout. He got nominated for Oscar for best actor. Um, <sighs> I don't know if Taraji was this or Benjamin Button. You know what Taraji's breakout really was? Empire. Uh, well, but- even though she already had been nominated for stuff and been around, and even though she did was on personal interest, no, she got big, big doing Empire. You sure it ain't smoking aces? I'm just fucking yeah. with you. <laughs> I'm fucking with you. You know what? Are we ever going to do smoking aces? I mean, I like it so. Even though it's a fucked up movie, it's weird. It's weird because I remember seeing the movie. There, I'm like, this seemed like this should be a good movie, but it's not. That's the feeling I kept feeling. Like it seemed like it's like pieces of a good movie that don't fit. And I watched it recently, and the main thing that stuck out was, dude, you ever pay attention to that cast? The cast is the cast is insane. What? They got Ryan Reynolds, Chris Pine, and Ben Affleck. Yep. You got, I'm trying to think, what other movie you going to, and none of them the stars. Jerry Pivens is the, is the, the focus of the movie. Pretty much. Where movie going to have, you got Andy Garcia, Alicia Keys, and Common. And Taraji Henson being all mad trying to cop one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you, girl. You know, I got you. That shit seemed like a, that whole relationship now just seemed like it's one side. Alicia Keys like, you need to chill out. We just, we just work together. Co-workers. Yeah. What's up with you? Like, I'm trying to take you, I'm trying to take you to bed. I, I don't know. It, like the issues with smoking aces, they're right there. But for some reason, I just still find enjoyment in the movie. It's 
it's just so much going on. And then it's one of those movies where it's like it wrap up. It's like it's re- it's really this. It's this secret here, and it just seems like it's just it's that Tarantino era where everybody's trying to be too cool for school, and it's like a lot of glitz and it's like a lot of stuff. You know what it is? It's like a Bray Wyatt. Oh, okay. He cut his hot ass promo. It's all this stuff going on. You see all these visuals, but then you pay attention to match. Like this shit just seem average. I, I, it's like smoking aces. That's what smoking aces is. It's a it's a Bray Wyatt experience. I still say uh, Jeremy Piven deserves some type of award for his performance. I'm just I I thought he knocked well, that shit out the park. Half pump. high, half drunk. Come on, Ivy. I got your back. Da, 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 da. <laughs> they get him arrested, everything like that. Like he is like a piece of shit, and it's just like, I, this is really either he's either he's really a piece of shit, or he just acting his ass off. And I'm not sure which is which. Still not sure. Yeah, yeah he just. I mean, he definitely playing like he's like just a scuzz bag that somehow had these people loyal to him. Yeah, I just I never saw the sequel. Don't. But it's like don't ever watch the sequel. Ever, if you if you think uh, this movie's fucked up, woof. <laughs> um, see, now, we're gonna have to, now you're gonna have to make me look, check it out, and see it. Oh no! But I want to talk about something before we oh, leave. Let me see who else in this movie. I'm just gonna pull up the um, cast: Ben Affleck, Ryan Reynolds, Chris Pine, Common, Jeremy Piven, Ray Liotta. Andy Garcia, mm-hmm. Tommy Flanagan, Alicia Keys, Taraji P. Henson, Jason Bateman, Peter Berg, Martin Henderson, Joe Egerton, Matthew Fox. Oh, I forgot. Um, I forgot Jason Bateman was he because he was like the dude with the herpes yeah. on his mouth. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, they just, that's a whole thing. When you're in Hollywood and you just friends you can just pull out your Rolodex like, yo, you want to be in my movie? Because I just wonder how sometimes how this stuff just pops off and it just makes sense where it's like, if you popping, you get them. Um, yeah, we're going to have to do Smoking Aces. We're going to have to pencil it in somewhere. Sometime this year, we're going to have to do it. Um, I want to talk about a movie. Before we leave, before you okay. go, I know you got to jump. Uh, uh, so I watched Mo Better Blues. And it had been a long time since I watched that movie. Very long time. And it's a damn shame that's the only movie we get with Wesley Snipes and uh and uh this I watched But that movie and the character of Bleak that Denzel uh played is a piece of fucking shit. Mm-hmm. I I, and I maybe I just remember the movie differently, but when I was watching, I was like, okay. This dude clearly is a womanizer. He don't give a shit about nobody but his music. But at the end... Don't bite, don't bite my lip. That's how I make my money. At the end of the movie, he basically just settled. He he didn't have his music anymore. He didn't have any, pretty much anything. The, girl, the other girl left him for Wesley. And it was like Wesley was low key hating the whole movie, so he was just like, "Oh, all I got left is a uh, Spike Lee sister." So yeah, I need you in my life because you all I got. He didn't. It wasn't like he wanted her. It was just the fact that he didn't have anything else. Yeah, I'm gonna let you in a dirty secret. And a lot of Spike Lee movies, the men are like that. The men are the hard. Like here's the thing: Spike Lee is, a, is an amazing, awesome director. Yeah. 
But if you pay attention to some of the stuff, especially how he involved, like women normally get a short shrift in his movies. It ain't as bad as it used to be, but they used to get they used to get treated horribly. Like all you gotta do is like and this hair Rosie Perez talking about do the right thing. But yeah, most of his men are trash. Yeah. And it's just kind of just justified. Like all of them, like you know, up until I'm trying to think. Inside man? And then it's just kind of like that whole thing is like Denzel. He you think you're not even sure if Denzel, he might be crooked. You don't find out to the end that he's not. But even then it's like most of his protagonists, like, you ain't you ain't necessarily rooting for them. Like they just they deep down horrible people, but they so charismatic, you know, you know, yeah, I, I watched more bit of blue. I picked that picked up on that easy. But I had I watched it when it first came out. I watched it like maybe last year, two years ago. No, I was like, yeah. yeah. Hiding and playing. Spike Lee was real good at that. Hiding people that playing. So, I was like, like that. he has so much, you know, pro blackness in the movie that I'm like, is anybody seeing this right now? And I know Denzel, the character in the opening of the movie, he's like, he basically say, you know, I, I am what I am. He knew he was a dog, but it was just I like, the, I, I, <laughs> no. You want to know where it really sink in? When the last time you watched, he hate me. Ooh, it's been a minute. Anthony Mackie is, is that movie is an abomination as far as how he acts. That's and the, I can see why women I can see why women lesbians were mad. I'm like, this shit is just insane. That's the one he was so, getting them all pregnant, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After that. he loses his job as a whistleblower, and then he got mad because his fiance his fiance had an affair with another woman. So by the time it wraps up, it's they all get together. Mm-hmm. He got all these damn kids. Even even the even the lesbian one that didn't really like him, don't like men. It's like, oh, I'll kiss you too. We're just gonna have a you know a thruple. Yeah, I didn't. I, that movie's insane. And the whole thing. Oh, go ahead, cut my damn arm. Like, cut my leg off, Jim Brown with diabetes. <laughs> this won't be dying anyway. Go ahead, cut my damn foot off. I gotta stick myself with his insulin. Oh shit. <laughs> oh my god. He be hanging out with this, Big Mama. That, yeah, that no, a lot of Spike Lee stuff, and it's funny because I we talk about that. I surround the white asses do the four bloods. I want to say somebody somebody asked me just like I think just off text they were like, "Oh y'all doing what y'all gonna do it?" And I was like, "I don't know." I knew we sure. were, but I just didn't know if we would do it right now. I don't know when it might be yeah. later on this this um later on in the fall. So you so we what movie we doing next week? We're gonna do a hustle and flow. Hustle and flow. So hustle and flow next week, and then I pick. And I already know what movie I'm we're doing, so we can tell people now. All right. Man with the iron fist. Man with the iron fist. All right. RZA. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, because we we talk about hood classic. We quick thing in this, and then we go ahead and go. <laughs> I still laugh. How RZA get that cast is insane. Because hey, that movie, that movie by the buddy Timmy, like you got Russell Crowe and Lucy Liu in your in your kung fu movie. Well, you know people, you know people. And Russell Crowe just eating up scenery like this drunk, high ass horse man. Tomo, we put the baby arm in you. Would you ever think you see a movie when Russell Crowe was saying that Lucy Liu, and it ain't like a Netflix movie? No, I I never thought I would. <laughs> I saw that movie like it's a fun. I think I saw like a Saturday night at like 
10 o'clock at night. And it was like me, my wife, and like maybe six or seven other people. And we are watching this and it's like, you just laugh like, how did he get this made? I'm a, I'm a slave that ran away, jumped on a boat. It got shipwrecked in China, and I became a monk. And now I'm a blacksmith dating girl from Road Rule San Diego, trying to get out the whorehouse. Yeah. <laughs> oh my, I'm like, boy. Brisson was a Staten Island one day as a little kid. He like, one day my dreams will come true. And he creates the most influential rap group of all time, marries a video vixen, becomes a movie director, an action star, and scores movies, and creates a whole movement. Yes, that's an Marissa is an American success story. Yeah. I mean, I just thought about that. And it's like to the point where they got a Showtime documentary and a Hulu show. Get ready for season two. I need to catch up on season one. That was the hardest thing for that was keeping like who is like I knew who was playing Method Man and who's playing like Ray. It was like hard people like who's supposed to be who, and you know that Ghostface song. I got two two bro with, with MS mm-hmm. play a lot different when you see when you see it on TV and it's like wait Rayquan shot at that Rayquan shot at Ghostface. Look, house? dog, look, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep telling everybody this. Ain't yo we it's be for life. I don't know how they work through this shit, and I'm I'm, I'm intrigued. They're like, like brothers, I'm like exactly. How that work? Like how we both got maybe two of the most influential solo albums of the group, and it's both of us on the album, and we cool. Like what? You shot up my house. It's like they hand in hand, like you can't separate one without the other. And I'm just thinking about that. I remember seeing, and I remember watching because I watched like the first few episodes, and I remember seeing that scene. And I'm like, wait a second. The only reason I knew it was Ghostface House, like, because they got the two brothers that was sick. I'm like, I start putting two and two together. I'm like, wait a damn minute. Mm-hmm. What? Like, what? This happened? It's a whole bunch. Like, this happened. They was cool. I'm like, no wonder some people seeing the, like, I remember, we can wrap up with this. I remember watching the Wu Tang documentary on Showtime, and people had some hard feelings. Oh, you could tell the way they the way they interact with each other. First time we together, it's like even then it's kind of like everybody seemed like they was cool with everybody. Yeah, you could tell. And it seemed like a lot of people had issues with like not necessarily Rizzo, but Rizzo's brother. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like they made him out to be the bad guy. He busy on a boat talking about I just did, I just did wrong, you know, what Robert Robert told me to do. Yeah, I get Capadonna his money. I sold. He sold gold. So we so go and I ship go, but whatever. I gave him his balance. I, I left. I'm on a boat. He's like, he was just done with it. And it just seemed like it's just, I don't know. It seemed like it's a lot of shady shit going on with like family. Like that stuff with ODB just seemed just like, I remember when it was happening and it just seemed like everybody was trying, and you didn't know who was the bad guy. Cause at first it's like, oh, Rizzo holding him down. He just trying to, you know, shine. But it was like, do I, you really want to trust Dame Dash? Mm. I mean, I was just thinking that I'm like that whole scenario just seemed just real off. 
like yeah. people that's trying to like you know get in where they fit in and they making his family like the bad guy but then you don't know because like you're not there and people that know it's there then you're there family talking about, oh he took his money how you gonna take your brother money as family it's like they're like they really made rizzo like they they talk about rizzo like they talk about puff i think the odb thing hit different because it, it's really weird he, he can't speak for himself he's not here to speak but what you did see was him saying like you let everybody else go you let them do whatever they want to do. They get to sign whoever they want to sign with. Why you keep holding on to me? And I will always remember that. Like, I mean, he got a point. No matter how, you know. Family. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get that. I get that. No matter how he feel about it. But this, you know, like he was saying, it's business. But, yeah. that, that it, it, I don't know, man. The RZA is like, you see who fuck with him now and you see who don't fuck with him. It's interesting. Now I saw, I was just reading a couple of days ago that you got going to be in season two. and But they asked RZA about it and he was like, oh, he was always going to be in it. Well, guess what? The last Wu-Tang album they called Wu-Tang Clan is called Wu-Tang. You want to know why? Because contracts say all the members got to be on there if it's Wu-Tang Clan. Guess who ain't on that album? You got, mm-hmm. and it's always guess who had issues with money and like left and they came back. You got that has come that has been a thing and it seemed like it's a lot of stuff because you heard what Ghost was saying. But I'm like, you know, we going platinum, we doing all this, we going to shows where the money at. <laughs> he was out front. He was basically like had his chest out and like that's all. It's especially you have big groups. It's always a thing with money. Everybody gets, and people made fun of Prince because he was always like, you know, be smart with your money, keep your master, stuff like that. And that wasn't a thing. They used to make fun of him. Like, this internet shit, y'all better, y'all better understand it because y'all get jacked. What you talking about? You just weird. Everything he said, history is proving him right. Yeah. Because now you hear people make a big deal. Like, you hear rappers brag about, yeah, two chains. Master my own family, my own, my own masters. Like that's a whole thing. I I want my stuff. I want to keep my like you know. I brought my masters back, and it's just hilarious. Kind of like you make songs they ain't yours. Even Taylor Swift went through that. Mm-hmm. White ass, rich ass Taylor Swift. I gotta re-record all my stuff because they won't let me buy my stuff back. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember. I remember somebody having a conversation with somebody when Jay Z had finally talked about getting his reasonable doubt. Uh, masters and he was like I don't get it I was like you don't understand why he would want those masters specifically <laughs> like yeah, look at him now. He can, yeah it's like his first stuff and now he get the stream with title yeah get the money It's kind, and it's, it's amazing you design something you make something it ain't yours you get like five cents on the dollar nah. like that's nah. I just think about, and it's to make you down a rabbit hole. That's why I always give a shout to Master P. For the most part, you hear people talk. P is like, yeah, he hooked me up. I ain't no money problems. Like you oh. hear one or two had issues, but he was like, he helped me out. He brought my masters back. That's for what stuff is. Look all the stuff Snoop Dogg was dealing with death row. Did you hear that story? Did you, I, I mean I'm sorry to cut across you, but did you hear that Master P story where he did for Snoop? I knew bits and pieces, but I didn't hear the story when he told about it, but I kind of got to get some. Go ahead. That was insane. All right. So basically, you know, Snoop was going his, through his whole thing and uh, with death row and stuff like that. So when he got down with uh, No Limit, 
P told him straight up, yo, fuck the music right now. You need to get a house. Find a house you want to live at, and I'm going to buy it. What? Like, he bought him a house. And then it was like, okay, I think, I think, I'm not sure if he gave him money or something like that. I don't know what else. But pretty, pretty much he put that man, he gave that man a house first before he did anything for him. And I'm just like, yo, what people he, talk about, how people talk about Diddy is how we should be talking about uh, Master P. P has always been about elevating his circle. Because, like, if everybody's strong, I'm strong. You ever hear Master P complain about money? Nope. Nope. I always see him hustling. People made fun about his people made fun about his potato chips, his dials, and stuff like that. He seemed to be doing just fine, and it ain't like I'm fine because I'm screwing people like um, Cash Money, Mister Yeah, Little Wayne, my son. But <laughs> you gotta go, you gotta jump through hoops for four years, let the album come out, all that shit to go on with like drinking Nicki Minaj. Like yeah, you don't hear that stuff like with Bad Boys. The joke used to be. You don't make it to a third album. You and lucky you most get is two. Cause that's the big thing. How many people Bad Boy did three albums? They were alive. Mm. When Bad Boy first came out. Did Faith get three albums? And um, I'm not on she probably didn't get the third one on Bad Boy. She probably had to leave. Mm. Yeah. Mace did two. He retired after the second one. Biggie did two. Died. Craig, you know, Craig Mack left. Um, Loon went to jail. G. Depp went to jail. Shine went to jail. <laughs> it's like either got locked up, died, or had to leave. The locks had to do a whole free the locks thing. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, everybody <laughs> remember that. It was like a, that was used to be a joke. If you make it an album two, you ain't making an album three. You might you might be lucky if you just get one. And it's a and it's a lot of people like that. You hear the stuff Ice Cube went through, and they all made fun of him till till they went through it. Then Dr. Dre went through the same thing. And it's kind of like it's a lot of just, you know, scam. Oh, like, you know, Tony Braxton and TLC both were broke. Oh, my God. TLC had no. See, I, oh, my. People, people always focus on TLC. Tony Braxton had the same issues. It's just TLC happened right around the same time. You focus on them. It was like, you just imagine I went quintuple platinum and I'm broke. I just tell people, I, I just continue to tell people, they they did fucking crazy, sexy, cool waterfalls. They should they should never be broke. Never, ever in life be broke. And it's like, look, they 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 they, they, they just didn't get the money that he deserved. Nelly went diamond and people used to make a joke like he needed to get loans from Ashanti when they dated. Oof. Nelly was probably at the time the most popular rapper on the planet. And even I'm like, yeah, be smart with your like listen to Marsh. We can rap with this. Listen to Marshawn Lynch. Be smart with your mentals. Be smart with your chicken. Take <laughs> care of your money. Like people make like Ice T been doing that show for what 20 years? Just keep getting a, a constant check. 20 years. Like, like cause you know what the OGs, they chill it. They got their money. They were like, because it's just like, you got some ODs that's chilling. Then you got some that got to do a GoFundMe. Yeah. I need a kidney transplant. It's like, then you go, how you a Rockefeller Records went gold and platinum? You bought your mama a, a, a Rolls Royce. We're whole van. Like, what's this going? It's just, yeah, take care of your money and be smart with that. Because you don't want to be the whole thing. I'm working because I have to work. You don't want to be like the Rolling Stones. You just, 
y'all there about to be in a damn wheelchair Hate still it. going on tour still doing the two to two step anyway uh if you want to follow up with me on social media you can follow me at jeff versus the world on twitter and facebook the real jeff versus the world on instagram if you want to follow shaheed follow dr philly drugs on twitter and uh instagram other than that uh next week hustle and flow until then let these women do what the fuck they want to do if they want to talk about, <laughs> they want to talk about their wamps and i'm talking about their wamps their wamps you hear that ben shapiro stop hating you fucking punk we out peace